A word to the wise. We are an explicit podcast tackling content with adult themes as well as entering spoiler territory if you aren't caught up with us. This week, that would be through chapter 49 of the green of Jade City by Fonda Lee. Hey there, this is Cross. And I'm PJ. And I'm Ben. I'm Aaron. And I'm Thomas. And we are Words and Whiskey, a podcast for veteran and novice readers alike. We tackle fiction novels and love to talk about what we're drinking. You should think of us as your intoxicating weekly book club. I just want to jump in and say this is a very good looking Discord like video chat. Like everybody that I'm looking at looks very, very good. You mean us? And that's all I'll like, say. Is about it high that. quality or what do you <laughs> like, we're exactly looking at Aaron and I? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, we're hot yeah. people. Not you, I haven't ben. shaved. I'm getting a haircut tomorrow. Like I'm in <laughs> utter slacker mode right now. Oh, I'm not even wearing my cool glasses. There we go. Now we're at. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> now we're now we're truly the epitome. My of My cool. blue light blockers. <laughs> you yes. know, blue light blockers are good for dark circles. Hmm. 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 Word that... to the wise: protect True. your eyes. <laughs> Are dark circles what you use to summon demons? <laughs> Me for yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> this I don't is know more what dark circles are for. <laughs> Under your eyeballs. <laughs> Under your eyes when you're tired. I know, but what do you? You currently have some. <laughs> <laughs> you you are fired, my friend. I was and today to is I'm our sorry. sixth episode. <laughs> Number six. We'll be chatting about chapters 42 through 49. It's the penultimate episode of this book. Okay, wow. when I was reading it, I was like, should I just keep going? There's not that much left. It did. Yeah. It did feel like yeah. that. We're, I feel like we're I here. could just keep going. Yeah. We're right at the end. So, But before we go too much further, let's talk about our featured cocktail. Aaron, you came at another one with us. Uh, explain, explain your drink. Week two, back to back. You're welcome, Ben. You're pulling the weight. You're incredible. Thank you. We named this one Barrow's Staycation because he has a little trip to a nearby island hanging out. And it is a frozen pineapple gin cocktail. And we have a little pineapple garnish here. It's three cups pineapple pieces frozen, six ounces gin, two ounces simple syrup. But I added an extra ounce because it, I didn't think it was sweet enough. So... Three ounces simple syrup, one ounce fresh lime juice, one ounce pineapple juice, and then blend that all up. Add two cups ice. Keep blending. You have a creamy pineapple gin drink. It's lovely. Does it, how many drinks does that make? Two. It three? was that was four servings. Four servings. But okay. for us, it was three. One drinks. serving. <laughs> one serving. <laughs> one no, serving. And, and John, my husband, helped me cut the pineapple because I was like I don't think I've ever cut a pineapple before <laughs> so then he also got one it's extremely nice. refreshing it's refreshing and it's really not sweet at all I think because the pineapple juice I had was unsweetened and then the pineapple pieces also obviously weren't sweetened so I just love pineapple so even with the yep. extra ounce of simple syrup that I added it's still like I don't know not herby but like you can the gin kind of tamps down on the sweetness, mm-hmm. and I, you okay. know I've been really into gin. COVID for me was tequila the whole time, and now I've like transitioned finally from tequila into gin, wow. thanks to the the Game of Thrones House of Dragon ladies. 
That they're the ones who oh, got yeah. me into gin. Negroni. Bugliato. Yep. Mm-hmm. Except without the Spagliato. I know. Right. I just normal <laughs> Negroni. <laughs> if you said right, Spagliato, right, right. the crazy thing is, no one knows what I'm talking about when I bring up that video. I'm like, that was a big deal. I know. I'm like, t- is my FYP just like totally nerded out and like normal people in the world don't see what I see? No, I think that was a big. I often have that kind of feeling and that's one of those things pj did you see the interview the, it was like a brief clip from the interview where they were talking about their favorite cocktails the two leads from house of dragon nope Allison also i don't and, know what uh, fyp means for, for you page. page for you page it's on tiktok specifically oh. we don't have tiktok then because we absolutely not <laughs> actively but or your instagram nope, yeah. whatever instagram feeds you Instagram reels. Yeah, it was on YouTube too. It was a big it was like all over the place that interview. It was pushed yeah, at me was, very aggressively. So I saw I it forty seven times. Yeah. Yeah. I also liked I it. Also every time so I also saw so many so many other <laughs> cocktail pages that we follow, PJ, on Instagram remade it. Like remade those cocktails. So even if you didn't see the interview, you probably saw those cocktails on the page. I you go on our Instagram as much as I do. Don't PJ look through is it. busy living life, okay? He doesn't have time to be on oh. social media. He's making terrariums like for his folk. girlfriend. Guy, he's got two degrees in science. He's fucking, he's busy. That's fair. That's, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Thomas, what are you having? Because Ben's having the same thing, of course, you know, unless you doctored yours. I and he's really enjoying it made a rum sour mm. it's just like a rum a pineapple rum that i will not drop the brand for but pj knows it fuck ton of lemon juice some simple syrup and a little bit of tonic because i like bubbles in my cocktail nice i'm gonna ask for you to drop the pineapple rum brand because there aren't that many good ones and i don't think a lot of people know the good ones mm. no free ads sorry Can't it's do a it. plantation <laughs> no free ads. it's plantation you can do it that's yeah. fine I think I think supporting good alcohol makes sense because they you know, you guys I can, know. Yeah. plantations Morgan. pineapple good. rum is really really yeah. really good it is because it's it's yeah. not pineapple Bacardi. flavored they soak it in pineapple and then like strain yeah. it and then I don't know age it in a it's super good pineapple wood barrel as opposed to like Malibu yeah. right which is just like Malibu's like coconut flavor tan lotion no yeah Malibu tastes like tanning lotion yeah yeah tanning I, lotion I, tastes like Malibu. It's just too coconut. <laughs> Which and one like, came first? <laughs> Tanning lotion or Malibu? Probably, Probably sunscreen. Malibu. I don't know. Yeah. All right. It'd be worth looking PJ. up. So I am not entirely positive what's in this cocktail <laughs> because Kaylin made it for me. But it is a margarita and it has Thai basil. That's what I know. Um, it's really good. That sounds good. How's the Thai basil? Um, is it herby? It's, yeah, just like basily but not like as as sharp I, I don't know the best way to describe it a little bit more herbal than like what you'd expect basil to be like you expect it to be a little bit more like punchy and sweet and this kind of gets that sort of pepper side note to it but following that up i have a pot of gold it is a i think chocolate or coffee and vanilla imperial stout from great notion Yes, so. Ben and I will be following our fancy drinks with Bud Lights. Classic. Nice. Very nice. Excellent. Winner, winners. Cool. 
PJ, I am also having a margarita. I'm having a grapefruit margarita, though, and it is delicious. I even so I, I doctored it with a little bit of Campari just because I wanted it to be like a little bit more bitter than the grapefruit was giving me. And I really want to try acid adjusted grapefruit juice. So I think that's in the future. Oh, so it's less bitey. More well, it's bite. actually, I, it wasn't actually <laughs> really? bitey enough. That was my problem. This grapefruit was really mellow. Like it, it drank more like I even tried some separately and it drank closer like grapefruit flavored orange juice. So it's just like, how do I fix this? <laughs> <laughs> and because it wasn't grapefruity enough. So yeah, for most people, they probably would have been like, oh, that's the best grapefruit margarita I had. And I'm like, no, I want like a little bit of mouth pucker. Like I want a little bit of a little bit of the cheeks sure. going. Like yet. Cool. Yeah, exactly. So before we talk about the chapters, what do our newbies think of this week's reading, this penultimate week? Well, I think it was really cool that Lon came back to life and we had that whole vibe. A dream a dream sequence. <laughs> it was all a dream. I had a lot of Every- adrenaline, I'll tell you that. Oh yeah. When with Hilo. Yeah, this was a good like mm-hmm. action packed without the actual action section. Aitmata's scary. He is terrifying. <laughs> yeah. But like in a hot way? Quite that. <laughs> but I like strong women. I respect that. Would she be on I your really for liked... you page? <laughs> the She'd FYP, after, thank you. My after dark FYP. I really liked the conversation between or the interaction of Shay and Wen. I like that they're both getting a little bit more like verbal page time, which is great. I'm very glad Wen is now more than a vessel. That was probably my favorite part of the whole situation. Also, Shay, Shay got knocked down again. She was going up. She took a step back. She's like pulling her ear and like, oh... I guess Hilo has better taste than I thought. Just all the prejudice involved with Shay and her whole family. It's crazy. There's a lot of interesting things that come up in this week from a from a perspective. I There are a couple of things that I thought happened later in the book and a couple of things that I thought happened earlier. And I did genuinely believe that the white rat conversation happened much earlier than it did. But I think I'm just blurring Jade City and Jade War together. <laughs> I've got like entire other perspectives on things that I thought happened in this book, but don't happen until the next book. So it's great. Very excited. Is Glad that a that foreshadowing here, about when? No, no. I I just thought I genuinely thought this happened earlier in this book. Right. Um, but I think it's because I read those books so close together, and then I had to wait for Legacy. So I also like seeing when like do a mission, you know. Or mm. the start of a mission. Those were my two favorite chapters, yeah. Yeah. Where she's like, I want a job, and then... Ooh, I also like seeing... Did the job. Make Tar be like a thug. That was scary. It was fun to re-listen. Yeah. I read it, and then I listened. So it was fun to go back and know who it was that Temben was, like, seeing, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's a good spot to jump into the chapters and and talk about that, because that is where we start this week. So with that, chapter 42, Old White Rat. We finally meet Tem Ben, a stone eye of whom replaced our previous known quantity of an illicit jade broker, brokering a deal over a discarded talon knife. A couple of minutes later, he's attacked by Niktar and accused of being a white rat. Of course, ultimately, we know his fate, but this is 
his first and last appearance on screen. <laughs> <laughs> so it appears. But talk about an intimidating moment. I mean, there's the there's the intro with the actual trading of the Jade and kind of underselling because of a war and the frequency there. But that moment when Megtar bursts through the walls feels like something ripped straight out of an 80s action movie in the best way. Or maybe a Hong Kong. I don't know that I've seen any 80s action movies. What? Which one's an 80s one? Just pick a movie. Like Predator? (laughs) Yeah. Is it 90s? Die Hard? No. Still haven't seen it. What? Did you Die Hard? All right. Uh, I was going to watch Big Trouble is in 80s. I think it's like 89. I think it's 80s, isn't it? It's definitely 80s. Yeah, I think it's like 1989 or something. 86. 86. Oh, all right. Perfect. Yeah. It was just so wise that it seemed to be the end of that era instead of in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was him reaching through and breaking his wrist like a chicken wing. <laughs> 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 Twist and pop. Didn't. I can't remember if it was in this chapter or if it was in a later chapter where they described like breaking like a chicken wing. Was it this chapter? That was this one. Described? Okay, that was his arm. For some reason, I thought it was later. A later picture also elicited the same image, and so my brain got the dual flashy reminder of like, oh, <laughs> this person's eating a chicken wing, and that's gross. Maybe we get more but, arms broken like chicken wings. It is also it was cool to see from Tim Ben's perspective, like going up against a green bone, and you have like the best gun that you could ever have, and you're still just totally fucked. Like there's there's no beating them, which is why these outside militaries want to equip their soldiers with this power that's like way better than weapons, you know. I thought like speaking of that, this is obviously talking about later in the chapters, but commenting on how Shay the was it the Espenian guy commenting on how Shay had more jade herself than like entire battalions of soldiers. Yeah, or I thought that was interesting. Or, as whatever well. term yeah. you used. So, like, clearly, it's already to a certain degree implemented into like the military ranks of the foreign armies, but just nowhere close in volume to the amount of jade that these guys have and, and brutalize people with. And yeah. I think it's a it's just because she's a call like these the biggest or the clan leaders probably are decked out with the most jade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think we learn from Andin's perspective earlier that like I think the practice beads that everyone graduates with are three beads of jade, and then the top of class earns a fourth. And graduation day, you earn technically what would be a fourth or something like that. You practice with very little, and they really don't get a whole lot. You know, it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you kill people, <laughs> and then you kill people. Is that the only other way they get it, right? Or can they buy it? I don't don't know. It's a a great question. We don't really get that answer firmly. It does seem to be some like inheritance and some other stuff like that. Yeah. There is. I think war is probably the best way, though. Yeah. Probably for Mm -hmm. the the greener side of the clan, at least. I think in this section of reading, there's like almost a throwaway line about how there's the graduation coming up and that they have to be able to sort of supply them with jade. I don't know if that's just yeah. like here's a few extra perspective. Here's a few extra pebbles for you guys. So you don't get murdered the second you walk on the street with your four little 
or or are those three or four pieces what they're talking about like they have to it could be that too because they should or they got them i think they, they get got them through they, they graduation ceremony. To school it's a question mm-hmm. yeah i think yeah. they have enough jade though because it's not like they're desperate for it because they buried lon's jade with him well that was i feel like jade. that's more of a respect thing but yeah I, but I if they were like you. we desperately needing it, I'm sure they wouldn't have. Would Hilo though? Yeah, Call an act of desperation would definitely it away, go for apparently. That. Yeah. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> we're gonna get there garbage in a human. <laughs> I forgot about that. Um. It's yeah, that's that's a fair point. They're they're willing to bury it at the very least, and you know it would it would take an act of desperation, you know. To, to get at that in the first place. I want to make note of something that I noticed that was very real-worldy. The Batel nut is a common nut found in India from various palm trees and is very highly addictive. Or not in India, excuse me, over in Asia. Very highly addictive. And most, like a lot of photos where you see sort of the ruined teeth and they describe like the juice on his lips as like this this red juice, the like red-brown color. That is actually because of the betel nut, and it is incredibly addictive. And so, like, he is an addict in a couple of ways. Even though he's Abuke, the the guy who comes in to sell the knife, oh, I was like, who, he's addicted who to something else, nuts? which is interesting. the The guy who comes in to sell the talent knife huh? to Temben, it was just a, it was a nice like world building note and real note where I was like, what's a betel nut? And then I looked it up and like looked into the whole thing, and I was like, oh shit, this is like a a real great world building detail if you know what's up. Thanks. Hmm. So. Don't, um, that's don't eat those nuts. An example of nuts. what uh, Abukai are who are really native to the area, because I mean, the first one we meet mm-hmm. is sort of one who has this addiction to something that's native to our version of that region. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair point. Other than Sampa, right? Yeah. We're little sad. Yeah. No more bicycle, Sampa. <laughs> Yeah, Sampa might still no be more, out there. No more job, Sampa. <laughs> no more job, no more bike. Rip Sampa. I hope Sampa Poor kills Sampa. Barrow. Mm. Now we're talking. <laughs> Just shows up. Need it. I am curious if anybody has a grasp on the scale of the uh, currency. Because we get comparison to other non-existent countries, like <laughs> pieces of currencies. And I still well, have no idea. Like... And yeah, we hear what more would of that 40, in, in Wynn's chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as I think as stated, it's uh, it's more than he will ever see in his life, I think is what Tim Ben says. More uh, than he's so ever like, seen, which I took as like more than he's seen in like a single sitting. But also we're dealing with the Abuke who are notoriously like objectified like. against and like pushed aside in society. Like... Is that a meager sum? Like, should they? Like, is that a hundred dollars? <laughs> like, what? What are they, what are we talking about here? I, I mean, assumption at the very least is that it is a decent amount of money, but not as much as it would have fetched otherwise. Like, this is this is a rare illicit thing. I, I don't think it's going for little, right? right? Based on the way that we perceive value. Mm-hmm. But as far as like what an actual equivalency goes, like why would we ever really be able to draw an equivalent, you know? Do we ask how much a clip is? I mean, I feel like we kind of did to a certain extent, but also we're dealing with a ton of money. Like, we're dealing with millions at a, like, later on in this section, we're dealing with millions Mm -hmm. of dollars, and I have no idea 
is that like enough to fund a small army or is that like the yearly income of an average person like whereas with clips and with Mistborn, we were dealing with people that had no money and nothing at all and then suddenly using it as a means of transportation was astonishing and then eventually like just didn't think about it because it was a useless like piece of money like we we saw that scale grow and the Mm -hmm. the respect for the money grow yeah 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 so to to that point i guess my my point was more like if we if we have the comparison of a million to forty thousand we know the millions are going to be way more right and so we know impactfully that the clan's dent on the economy is much larger than like an individual you know forty thousand we know that they make up 40 percent ish 45 percent ish of the economy of jan loon so mm-hmm. you know as it goes but yeah we'll see. We'll see like how much is a cheeseburger <laughs> i guess is what i'm asking yeah i mean again this Veggie is tales. later right. right but the espenian currency is thalers which sounds kind of like dollars mm-hmm. And we get the comparison that, like, the tens of thousands of Thaler's worth of jade would be hundreds of thousands, or hundreds of millions of Aspenian. So, dozens of millions to hundreds of millions. So, it's at a 10, maybe, okay. like, at a zero. Maybe it's, like, $4,000, okay. kind of, as a jumping-off point. Fair. That makes sense. And like, ultimately, you're right. It's not that important. But I was just wrapping my head around it, like trying mm-hmm. to trying to figure out what the scale was. It's so. a lot or a little. Mm-hmm. A rip off either way. It sounds yes. like yeah. a rip off like either way. way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To to kind of round out the chapter, of course, Tim Ben ends up getting laid on the table after getting just absolutely brutalized by Megtar. Also. What a picture this draws of Miktar as this intimidating, terrifying human being going the fast way or the slow way to get the information out of him and turning on and off the recorder in that moment was just such a crazy way to open, I don't know, I think the week. It's also so intimate, like just the two of them and him just like, I mean, he doesn't even have to like tie him up or anything, you know, Mm -hmm. he's just like, I'm going to break all your legs and kneecaps and here i don't know also i accidentally read this chapter last week uh man you weren't mm, gonna tell them you bastard and uh, i'm really glad it didn't reveal anything so that's what i was happiest (laughs) about (laughs) nice you're supposed to keep your failings to yourself hey transparency (laughs) no it's okay to share it happens i do have another question about this section how do we think Temben's son? Or no, no, no. This was a different guy. What, right. Moot. This was Moot's yeah. son. This is a whole That's new later. guy. Yep. That's later. That's totally different. I get the. I this got those the like Carver. blurred together. Yeah, this is a whole new because we ball. saw Maktar kill this guy, and then mm-hmm. yeah, Moot encounters a similar cool. fate. All right, similar yeah. skis balls, but mm-hmm. different skis balls. Mm-hmm. One has a pierced tongue with jade. You can't walk around with jade. That's a death sentence. Like, you have to hide this jade, right? Piercing your tongue, not the worst place to hide it, but also not a great one, not the best one. Well, then you still have an aura. No, I just mean, like, people shouldn't see that. 
your tongue. Like your you tongue's still not be able the to most see that invisible sure. place on your body. You should pierce your nipples. He should have pierced his nipples, hundred percent. Yeah. So, if I were in his situation, I would have gone like jade fillings on my tooth, mm. and then you don't give off an aura unless you're biting your lip and making contact with your skin. How interesting! Wow. So you can like activate I, it when you want to, but it's always on your person. So you have like nerves in your teeth. You might. I don't know how teeth work that well. Jade also <laughs> radiates a little bit of an aura, so I think you'd still be under the effect, but you would probably heighten it by I don't know. That's that's an edge case that I don't know about. That's that's a good one for like a Reddit AMA. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna hang on to that one. Alright. <laughs> Honestly, that's a good idea. Yeah, I was I was like piercing is a great idea because it's removable at the very least, and like you can just get re pierced if you had to. You know, you could throw it into the river and survive. Tongue piercing, not a great idea. Pierce. But maybe a cool idea i don't know if this would work at all but like if you could somehow melt down the jade and get it tatted onto you i feel like that should be cool Mm. i don't know if that yeah no idea of that powderize it and like mix it into the ink and you just like got this it's like nah it's just a cool cool shade right how very D &D of you yeah it's a great (laughs) idea Mm. cool all right let's go into chapter 43 new White I feel rat. like at this point, Crossland's already seen that bit in Campaign 2 of I Critical have. Role. I, I literally passed it like two days ago, three days ago. <laughs> anyway. Yep. New, it was fun. New White Rat. Shay returns home past midnight after yet another long day as weatherman of No Peak. She is greeted by Mate Wen, and the pair have a surprisingly intense conversation culminating in Wen asking Shay to become a White Rat for No Peak. So, number one of my notes, I have laughter. You dumb bitch. Y'all, a lot of, lot of this, a lot of chatting. When's just a vessel? What, when's when gonna not acquiesce to Hilo? What's when up to? I wish there was more about her. Cross and I were here biting our tongues off, waiting for this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fair critique early on. It is. No. Like, yeah. we'll, absolutely give it to you but yeah i was like fondalee's not gonna do you dirty and i like had to like absolutely well, shut still, down all of my instincts to jump to the defense she's not gonna get herself killed for being a dumb that's fair stone eye i don't think she's dumb okay, i think shay. she's very smart that's what i was i was being shay oh sorry no yeah <laughs> I, I i love this development by her i like Ben's how she's new favorite character is when i i she was my favorite character this week for sure who won the week? Make win for sure. Or, or Shay. There's a bit we're adding. We're yeah. going to end it. We're going to add it. Who won the week? We used to that do that good. on Hell Run. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Do we yeah, do it like when we used to do that? We did it like one yeah. time. <laughs> no, we did it. Okay. <laughs> Wait, you guys have a podcast? <laughs> Wait, you guys do a podcast? Well, you guys sound so good. It's so fun for me because I literally do not remember. <laughs> Yeah, we did it every week. Make when? Okay. When the week? Uh, see, we even had that trumpet. Yeah, now you remember. It's coming back. The Aaron trumpet. It's yeah. all coming back to you. <laughs> but no, I love anyway, this development. I love her coming to Shay and like kind of forcing the issue a little bit. And I feel like she showed some cunning here. Like she's there's more th- a lot more than meets the eye and i feel like shay's finally like oh okay there is 
something there. I totally misread this person, which I one that's one thing I enjoy about Shay is she can admit like she's wrong about stuff and she's willing to learn, which is wonderful. And she's great at interior decorating. Right. And then yeah, we we get this great development where it's like, yeah, now we we got to we got to get some plots of our own cuz the mountain is not stopping with with their plots. We're just getting more and more plots from the mountain. Plots on plots. I like that she's just chilling in the horn's house in her robe and flip-flops. <laughs> Cuz like work from home vibes, you know. Mhm. And she flops over. Ski ready. Yeah. Shooting fireball. <laughs> yeah. Fiery whiskey. She's got literally nothing to do. Also, because she is taking a drink, we, of course, take a drink oh. on the show. But... I'm out. I chugged mine. Mm. Way to go. You'll just have to make it up later. But I I totally, I love the bit where we kind of get the duality of like moving out of apartments between these two women of whom are both connected with the household as well that I really appreciated in the way that they both like had to leave their lives because of the family to be a part of the family. And you can't help but like kind of agree with Wen's take on the whole thing. Like, you know? Yeah. Like she's like, we had to do the same thing. You want, or the expectations are rough until, and then until you don't have any expectations. And then that's also rough Mm -hmm. or something. That was a direct quote. (laughs) Direct quote. Great work. Great work. We'll give you the credit for paraphrasing. Yeah. I thought, though, this, I mean, this whole chapter may make Wen look much better. And I thought it made Shay look a little worse. Oh, for sure. Worse? Because we get we get the whole touching of ear and we (laughs) see once again Shay's sort of like weirdly just because it's in comparison to the rest of her family, but she's like weirdly superstitious and religious whereas most of the rest of her family doesn't seem to be and just the yeah. touching of her ear of like someone her age and i don't it just felt extra gross i did not like it at all and it's a tough her, look and she knows she better. did it and she like, immediately knows better. she knows better she like, admonished herself over it i was gonna say she recognized it was unconscious. It. Yeah, yeah i was like right i was thinking though the tugging of the ear culturally. like it'd be nice to have a physical symbol of people's prejudice. So like, you <laughs> your like, right ah. ear is lower than your left. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. I guess I saw it a little differently. I can, I understand the critique though. And she had other like kind of night thoughts. Like she just, she doesn't because she's a stone eye because when's a stone eye, Shay thinks less of her and like it comes through in multiple ways. And it's not just the tugging of the ear. It's her thinking or not even thinking of her as someone who could do any job, you know? And then her like thinking jealously about like, man, she must have a lot of time on her hands, you know, (laughs) just like all Mm -hmm. these like girl fight bitchy thoughts. And then, sorry to cut you off. Even at the end when the, the weird, like she had never noticed that without shoes on mate is taller than her and has more curves. Right. Yeah. It's like it's 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 because Shay has never like looked or considered looked yes. at her or considered her because she's a stone eye and that you know, the whole family line is shunned and they're all traitors and shouldn't trust the makes, you know. <laughs> so like Shay, 
even though Shay does like have both thoughts at the same time, she still kind of believes all that stuff a little bit until when like her only power here is to like show Shay through little comments that she's shrewd. She's paying attention. She like can do hard work, can fix a whole house in a week or two, you know, notices her comings and going. So I think May Quinn did a great job with what she was given. This is, it's such a fun, and this is more of maybe a general commentary on Shay on the whole, but there's the old F. Scott Fitzgerald quote, the test of first rate intelligence is the ability to hold two opposing ideas in the mind at the same time and still retain the ability to function that I just really adore about Shay because she sort of embodies that as opposed to, you know, quoting that in this. Yeah. She's, she's got that cognitive dissonance to be able to like take and hold both ideas and like kind of function and, and rub the friction and rub them up against each other and then come out with the better one in the moment, I which I, like I just think is Jane. generally it's good. Oh, admirable. Not, yeah. Just when it comes to prejudice, it's yeah. like, I don't, I don't need both minds. Well, Pick she messed mind. up. Yeah. It, it's yeah. It's okay. Right. But it's like, if it's like, if someone was walking on the street and they saw a black person and then cross the street and were like, Oh no, I shouldn't have done that. It's like, it's still fucked up. That's all. Like yeah, the tug in the for ear sure. Thing. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I'm saying the tug in the ear is. That. I think it's fully encompassing of yes. Shay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I know, it's I like the like idea saying. of like her not being a part of the clan. And, yeah, yeah, yes. It is overall a good look for her that she is both and able to process everything and. Be- but you think Shay would be better than her siblings, and her family because she traveled abroad and lived without her jade and was like a normal person. Who like, experienced racism. <laughs> yeah. Well, then why yeah. is she throwing it back? No, that's what I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. I, I think it's We're unconscious. That's why Ben's so quiet this week. They're boxing on the side. They're just catfighting and slapping each other. We've edited it out for posterity's sake. That way you guys don't have to hear it. It's home. these gin pineapple drinks, man. Gin is dangerous. <laughs> Here's a question. The quote, Aaron, that you highlighted where when remarks about her own lack of expectations and how you begin to like buck against it and wish for those. This read through, I kind of thought that was almost a cutting remark intended for Shay and that Shay didn't get it because at this point, I think she's still thinking so little of when that she wouldn't even think she would make a remark that was meant to touch Shay. I was wondering if anyone else got that impression or if I was like in a weird mama mentality conspiracy theory hole. About like, was the cutting one more about like moving back or that there was also another one about like, did you join because you wanted to be the weatherman or, or to help the clan? I don't know. There were like multiple ones where when yeah. like put pressure on Shay's conscience. I would say I also probably gave her more of a free pass. You guys are probably like right listening to you. I feel like you're making some good points, but I didn't interpret it so much like about being about her being a stone eye. I guess it was more about like her for me. I thought it was like more, she was just more dismissive of this person overall just because she didn't really give her the time of day. She's Hilo's girlfriend. Didn't really think it was worth it to her to figure out anything about her. And I guess probably the stone eye part played into that but i guess i didn't really get that as much and i might be wrong there but that's why i didn't think it was as bad 
and I was thinking, yeah, she's saying some stuff like she was being pretty shitty to make when, but I thought she was like recognizing it in the moment and being like, yeah, I should, I totally underestimated this person and that's fucked up. <laughs> it's kind of, that's what I was going to hit upon is the, yeah. the underestimation I think is the biggest part of that where it's like when in general has been completely, including like yeah. the way that she's been presented through us through the characters and the POVs completely underestimated as far as capabilities go. And she shows up being one of the most whip smart characters of the whole group. All of a sudden in this chapter being like, well, what the fuck? Like I'm more than an interior designer. Yeah. I think it will probably. But I do aid. like taking fireball shots in my robe. You know. <laughs> I think her the thing about her that makes everyone not notice her will make her a good white rat. For sure, I, I agree. Yeah, I think sneaky, she's gonna. Be, I think she's gonna be a, a really big chess piece. I feel like she's hawking, ha- hogging, hefting giant chunks of jade. <laughs> the. Well, I was like, respect, what are you trying the, to say? The other thing I'm curious about. <laughs> have there been white rats that have dealt with foreign countries before? Or has it always been on KCON? Seems like a good question. I think this is new. Because yeah, I, I think they've I very agree. intentionally b- played Jade close to the vest and, and kept it on the island as much as possible. So this is like a... This is totally new territory for white rats, I think. Makes sense. Makes. Certainly is Make interesting. Win sense. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Makes sense when? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else in this chapter? You guys said it was your favorite. I, I need, I guess, like, Not why was favorite. this one of your favorite chapters of the week? Ben, why was this one of your favorites of the week? I liked the, I just liked the realization. I First of all, I really like Shay. And so her growing in the moment, that was nice for me. And then I've been hoping that Make Wen would get involved and get an opportunity. And she did. And as I've been saying, finally, you know, we got to get some of our own schemes and plots running. And this was like the, we're starting to finally plot back against the mountain in some way instead of just playing it so straight. This was just a lot of stuff that I wanted to see. That's why I enjoyed it so much. I think within this section, we also, we've had some conversation about how Shay is strangely more traditional than her brothers were, and certainly more than Hilo is. But there's still that, like, commentary on how odd it is, how Makewen is, like, putting all this effort towards this house. And toward, towards this home that she's living in. And it's kind of a shame that as soon as they get married, she's going to be moving out of it. And like, that's so close to like criticizing the traditional values of like living in a separate house than Hilo until marriage, but didn't quite get there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It got really close though. I, I think one of the things that I really appreciate, appreciate about this week's reading, wow, English coming back. I think one of the things that I really appreciate about this week's reading is it's it's kind of focused on religion as a backdrop. I think comes up more and more and more. Like it's uh, sure some of the traditions as we understand them are borrowed from religions as we understand them in our world, but at the same time, it's nice to see that some of those things exist and how they perpetuate and like how they exist throughout society. And that's a great example of one of many. I think. Mm-hmm. 
And is that religious? Is it just cultural conservatism in general? Like where does it come from? It's not really explicitly stated that it's religious, but it's pretty easy to assume that it is. Yeah. My, uh, my shitty diamond joke went, went, you know, over the radar in a great way. It's good. It's cool. Neat. Love I didn't all. either. I didn't catch I it or I completely it. cut I you off and no, didn't I, hear it. <clears throat> all I said, does De Beers exist after we were talking about getting engaged and marriage, oh. you know, cause they, you know, they don't, the trade and be like the KJA. Anyway, it's Mid. fine. It was a better joke in the moment. It's so bad to explain your joke afterwards that it's just like an embarrassment. I, well, I can't explain. In that case, let's drink De Beers. <laughs> I don't let's know drink De Beers. Drink indeed. I don't, we shouldn't drink to that, but we'll drink to, you know, celebrate. All right. <laughs> With that, chapter 44, Return to the Goody 2. We return to Barrow. F- having fled to Little Button across the bay from Jan Loon, getting bored and returning right back to the goody two in Jan Loon within a page and a half. That was the staycation. <laughs> it was the staycation. He was there and he was like, I'm bored. And then he's gone, which is the inspiration for the drink, of course, of the week. Moot has been killed by the makes, but Barrow in- inspects the many boxes under the goody two in the smuggling tunnel and finds a lifetime supply of shine as well as Moot's son. And Barrow... Barrow, Barrow, lucky, unlucky, whatever the fuck. You keep doing this to yourself. What'd you guys think of this week? This fucking guy. (laughs) This fucking guy. Like, how much of this is just him as a person and how much of it is, like, jade fever? Are Are we, like, experiencing what it is to devolve into jade fever? Or is he just this obsessed like he reminds me of my younger brother in the most loving way possible but like just stupidly obsessed about like just just really kevin yeah of course (laughs) like (laughs) he is tunnel visioned by testosterone essentially (laughs) like i don't know how else to describe it i hope he doesn't listen to this he he doesn't it's fine <laughs> too many episodes is he, are you saying he's johnny bravo what do you mean tunnel vision by testosterone <laughs> i mean like <laughs> i mean that's his decision making is totally based on vanity and like he is johnny bravo <laughs> what's the most manly thing to do like i don't i don't know no surprise i love johnny bravo <laughs> <laughs> hey pretty mama <laughs> I'm sure there's a better way to describe it. Hey, I don't know the term for it. God, that's so good. No, you're right. I, I just, <laughs> I love, I love that comparison. I love that you were just in on that whole thing because I, I think you're right. That's one of the issues with Barrow, right? This, what, what everyone else make because I could talk about this man for hours. This chapter didn't make me dislike Barrow anymore. I was just like, okay, like I guess if you want to fuck more shit up. What else could you do? Yeah. Well, Maybe yeah. you'll fuck it up for the other side this time. That's what this was. It was just like par for the course for Barrow. Just bad decision, bad decision, bad decision. And I'm Lucked glad out. he didn't shoot that 10-year-old in the face. Oh, he really wanted to, it seemed like. That moment? The most stressed I've been out reading in a long time. <laughs> don't shoot the kid. Like, when I read that, I was like, don't shoot the fucking kid, you kid. Yeah. Don't do you it. You kid? Mm-hmm. And, you kid? Oh, he's, he's such an ass when he's like, I've killed a green moon before. I thought He's I was like, gonna. Nobody have to... thought I could do it. Yeah, but it's like I shut did. the fuck up, dude. <laughs> like you didn't yeah. kill him. The poison shine jade combo that we don't know about. Heart attack did it. Yeah, it's like you didn't even he actually do, do it. That. 
All we he do. knows is he shot at the dude, and then that's saying he knows he's on the local news being dead. Mm, I think he knows that he probably can take credit for killing him, but I think he didn't actually he, do it. He thinks he did. Well, of course, because he's delusional. And then this <laughs> lifetime supply of shine, it's like, what the fuck do you think you're going to do with it? He has no connections. He has no credibility. Like, who's going to take illicit drugs? Like, you know, from a child. What do you think he's going to do with that shine? He's going to take it and get some jade. And... He's going to start taking it. I was it. expecting you to go back into the shine song from last week, but, you know, that's fine. He'll <laughs> trade it for jade. I do, I do just want to say, none of us imagine Barrow as a businessman, right? Like, that's not the first image that comes to <laughs> yeah. mind is, oh, yes, I'm going to don a suit and tie and, like, immediately start, like, a business. Well, what I would say about <laughs> Barrow is that he's not a businessman. He's a business man. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's going to try to be a businessman. He's going to get into some dumb situation where he's going to get, looks like he's going to get fucked, and then he's going to get lucky and you know, bounce around and get out of that situation. Who knows? Maybe sometime in the future we'll be thankful that Barrow is still around. To come back and just fuck up again down the road. Who knows? Maybe he collects a bunch of other, like, stupid kids that are jade addicted and, like, starts a new clan Uh, based off of all of this, like, shine that he's got. Great idea, Barrow. Street kids. What was that? The Station Eleven. There's, like, a group of renegade children, like, blowing people up. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That's Barrow's group. I like that. (laughs) There is no before. (laughs) Yeah. What a sad, sad show that was. I love I love sad depressingly shows. happy. Oh, it was very, it was I, good. I loved I love that show. I PJ recommended it to me actually before I watched it, and, and this is that's one of those rare times that that happens. <laughs> but every time PJ hits me with a wreck, he's right. So like, there's no <laughs> like I have questionable recommendations from time to time, but PJ is a hundred percent hit rate. Just but don't then hit, I read the I book. Just don't hit very often. <laughs> yeah, you don't swing. There are not many at bats. But uh, but then I read the book and I was like, oh my god, the book is so good. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that Thomas said off air. Adaptation first, book second, always. Rule of thumb. Like, go enjoy the depth of material after the fact. Yeah, right. it's yeah, the the show can never do a book justice. So everyone should I watch the Wheel of Time show. I mean, are, so now we're there. not watching Red Rising, is that what you're saying? Yep. Because you've already it's it's too late for us. It's impossible. <laughs> it's They're different things. Too They're far different gone. things. I think it'll be a compliment, but it can still just has. enjoy them. Yeah, I, I think I enjoy when things. also the Dark Tower show, the yeah, creator the is record. as intimately I'm not, I'm not involved. Down. We have to like look at Invincible. True. Like the Invincible show is much Incredible. better than the Tomet, and the Tomet is my favorite Tomet ever. So, like, The Legend of Vox Machina is an incredible adaptation mm-hmm. in a very different medium. But yeah, Barrow sex. Yeah. Sex. In conclusion, but doesn't suck Barrow. anymore this week. He still sucks, though. I mean, he really doesn't have anything. He has a lifetime supply of shine. That what the fuck's he going to do with that at this point? Can shine get you high if you're not jaded? If you're not on jade. It's a question I'd like to know. Do you think it gets you high? That's what I'm asking. Guess what it, would be the point? I guess if it's I just giving it, you, I some think kind it just of a... cuts the edge. 
of uh, Jade's. Our guy Lon seemed a little, it... a little topsy turvy. You know what I'm saying? Just feeling some rushes. I felt like a little warm. Maybe, yeah. He did say he kind of overdosed on it. Yeah. Hmm. Let's try it. Let's try uh, it. I'm not into intravascular drug use. Got to get get a hold of Fonda. See if she, right. she has her stockpile. Mm-hmm. Get one needle, and then we'll share the needle <laughs> the whole time. The way you're supposed to do it, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, right. right, right. I call first. Sure that's, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Barrow would have done, you know? Cool. All right. I, I love I love the addition of a Barrow chapter. I'm always going to like be pro a Barrow chapter. I've also tried. We tried very hard to get a Barrow chapter every week in the way that we broke this down. I didn't. And here we I are. That was the thing. <laughs> I did. So do you think I'll see Barrow one more time before the end of the book? Is this a bet? No, I'm just wondering. I'm just curious. I, we're I'm so close to the end. Questions. I don't know. Do you think he's going to show up? anybody else's chapters well i don't know how this book's gonna wrap up in this much i mean it's literally like skinnier than my finger you know think we're like, like no pages left there's 10 chapters left technically plus an interlude so i bet we get it. one more. oh i bet we get them in the interlude then the interludes though are like well, the, the interludes no yeah there's an epilogue epilogue an this fucking guy he does seem like an epilogue character for sure <laughs> The person that would seem to make the most sense for who would want this amount of shine directly would be the leader of that Espenian army. Hmm. I don't think he has any connections there. So he can't go to either. Like, I think he tries to go to a minor clan, one of the minor clans. I think he tries to like dump the stone in, cup an absurd or the amount of shine or, on them. Yeah. I don't know, PJ. Okay. I like your, I like your street, street rat. Street beep, beep. <laughs> I don't buy that. I don't, I buy, don't that. buy that. <laughs> I have musical Tourette's. I know. I forgot what we I was love saying. that. Aladdin is my favorite. Um, we always get comments on that. So, so. Barrow is Aladdin? Aladdin. No. Aladdin's a hottie. Barrow sucks. Next Devil's Cup. We're going to be ranking Disney movies. <laughs> I'm sorry. From I can't let that one stand. That early thousands. Barrow is not Aladdin <laughs> for the listeners no. out there. Sorry. Barrow is. He's got a Barrow's messed like up face. Can't be Aladdin. Bad street rat. He's like Iago or something. Yeah. yeah. He's like the parrot. <laughs> <laughs> He's annoying. <laughs> Do you want to kill a green bug? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, I like that theory, PJ. So. We gotta stick with it. Which one? The, Child the street, street gang. gang. Did I never finish my thought? The, the, <laughs> the, the, the misfit, tr- misfit toys street gang. The yeah, Goonies. I like that. Evil Goonies. The Goonies. All right, I'm down. I I think that'd be kind of fun. The Newsboys. The Newsies. Oh, they will crash and All burn right. horribly, but I think That's he'll like try cool. to do something. All right, love that. Thomas, yeah, see that chapter forty-five. Chapter forty-five, a shared joke. The Council of Tatan has asked that Call Hilo, Aitmata, and their respective weathermen attend mediation in hopes of resolving the war peacefully. Though all Greenbone participants know it to be a farce, Hilo is especially anxious about the performative nature of it all. After two days of useless negotiations, Mate Tar brings Hilo some mysterious good news. Very interesting chapter. This whole Council of KCON 
is stressing me out. For what reason? What is that? Just all the tension. Mm. I'm waiting for like Hilo to fuck it up or I mean mostly that. <laughs> so the negotiation is stressing you out, not the council itself. Hilo is stressing me out. Gotcha. Because He's know, not very politically tactful. And Shay is like not able to talk or do anything unless he, you know, gives her the floor. So we're like counting on Hilo to not blow up this council meeting. And then I Mata seems in this chapter to be outdoing him on the, you know, professionalism, composure, schmoozing council members. This is why politics is so tough. Right. Everybody's got an agenda. And Hilo wants to be honest and be like, lay the truth bare. But can't do that. It you know, I Mod is just better at like being the snake, playing the game. I love the duality between your uh, your points. There is like hype man to the main point. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I just, as a listener, actively enjoyed that in the moment. I I totally agree with you. I think that's one of the great things that I love about this chapter is that sort of the the that duality between the two there's this person who knows expertly how to play it and the other one who's like i don't know how to play the game so later we figure out that he's going to play it his way so yeah i feel like i agree with aaron and that i was kind of on pins and needles this entire chapter just because you're expecting Hilo to just drop a piece of dynamite onto the table or just blow up and be like fuck all of you <laughs> at any second you know like something is going to go wrong there and so and then, yeah, with Ite being like so in control and understanding what's required of her. And it's not that Hilo doesn't understand what's required of him. He's just incapable of presenting that piece, which, is, which isn't wrong or anything like that. It's just like, that's just who he is. He's not capable of playing this role and being fake and whatnot. He can only, right. only be himself. And he's super young and super new and nobody knows if he can even do the job. So, like, he has everything against him, pretty much. And, and you understand his frustration because it is just all puppet game and, like, he, everybody knows it's a puppet game. And so yeah, it's just I, like... I really liked <laughs> the whole, like, entering through security thing, first of all, like... <laughs> <laughs> like it's kind of like the matrix when they're like taking mm-hmm. out all their guns you know? yeah. <laughs> that was my analogy that i literally had on my note card nice. Good. and it's just like holy shit but then they walk with jade anyways and then him saying by the time i Mata gets in the room they've already had a their whole conversation that was the coolest part i thought it was it's like, like we don't even need to talk we know what's up before she even sat down just through their jade ores and the stuff they're perceiving was really cool there's the other side of this, and I just I want to I want to put this into context because that is immediate here. The quote that hits me from this is right before she's speaking. Right, like the tension was a tension preceding something inevitable. The air held the quality of a taut bowstring of the blade before it falls, of the space between hammer and pin. Even the suits in the room with no ability and perception sense it easily enough. But that ah, that like taut bowstring blade before it falls gives this. And this is why I love this book and the series so fucking much. 
the political drama here is as intense as a moment of combat as like a full battle scene, especially in the way that Fonda writes it. Maybe even more so because it's like I was say, anticipation. It's like, <laughs> You're like, ah, I can the, do it already. <laughs> Start <whole>, fighting. <laughs> yeah, the whole book seems even more just like we've had like two bursts of action, really. Maybe three, I guess, if you count this week with the Tim Ben chapter. But they're very quick always. And it's like much, it's much more about the political maneuvering and then like what happens afterward dealing with the fallout and like how everybody responds and then resetting and strategizing and dealing with the emotional fallout and all of that stuff. So that's been interesting. I guess I was, I was definitely expecting like more action packed situation and more like momentum with it but this first book especially i don't know if the series changes at all but like has been much more of like a political maneuvering game and like setting up a lot of the history and the table really for for the war i guess that's coming later on but that was that's been interesting definitely different than my what my expectation was yeah i i appreciate that sentiment and that that sort of take on it I'd like to kind of go in a different direction with it, though. I, I feel like this sort of weight that's given to the political side of things is additional momentum for me. Like, th- this really amps up that sort of the velocity of the story. I don't know. I'm, I'm super into this. I, I really love It's just kind of like a right turn, to Ben's point, right? Like, it's it's momentum, but it's switched directions right. on the hill. Like, you thought it was going to roll one way, but it yeah. like preserved itself in a different... Yeah, That's well said, sure. yeah. that That is kind of definitely what I'm feeling. Like, at times, like, I, especially after last week, I was kind of just expecting stuff, everything to pop after that first chapter that we read. But then it didn't. And it's like you said, we took a right turn. And then we started exploring like every single chapter after that has been like an exploration of, of this fallout and then resetting of the table, which is, which is interesting. And, and I, and I like the intrigue and I, and I like where it's going, but that did subvert kind of what my expectation of where it was going was. Totally. Getting back to these the, three um, chapters are so good. Yeah. And it is nice the way, like, I mean, you guys all touched on how, in this chapter, Hilo's, you're sort of on eight shows reading, like, what's Hilo going to do? But then as he turns into his own in the next chapter, and he's like, I just got to be myself, kind of, the vibe I got. I didn't have that same eight show. You're, it's more anticipation instead of fear in that little change of the chapters. I thought that a different point was going to be raised earlier, so going back to the beginning of the chapter a little bit. I think this is an interesting, there's the tidbit about the royal family and how it's all performative. But it also, it's like, it raises an interesting point about what the real role of the council is and how much power they actually have. I was wondering if anyone else had any thoughts about, like, what the role the council actually has and what the role the council perceives themselves as having. I think the council is a legitimization of the country. It's like they need it to be able to deal with with other countries and look like a, a grown-up basically (laughs) because it's like they're being controlled by gangs and everybody knows that, but they do have to have this representative that makes it look like we're all playing adults for everybody outside. I feel like it's much more for like the outside, like for all the other countries that they Mm -hmm. deal with and like like trying to build their economies. Yeah. 
and not necessarily for running the actual running actually running cake on and then there's also an interesting quote about how Hilo views the towns on how they view him and so it's like after that he makes a joke about it might mata uh keen his tar and then he thinks most of the people in the room regardless of clan regarded Hilo with a mixture of nervous respect and cloaked disdain they didn't know what to make of the wolfish young pillar Hilo Pit up. Hilo didn't particularly care for them either. Puppets behind puppets. And it's just so interesting and telling of how Hilo thinks of them because he's like, you know, the weathermen he probably thinks of, not the weathermen, the lantern men he probably thinks of more or less as puppets of the clan. And then he knows the lantern men are paying for the loyalty of some of these council people to the various clans. So it's just like, of course he doesn't want to play this game. He knows who's pulling the strings and it's should be him in his eyes. Puppets on puppets. Yeah, it just speaks to the the show of politics, and that's why it can be such a frustrating <laughs> enterprise, especially if you follow it closely. Like, and I think that we all have frustration with that. It's just the the lack of authentic authenticity is just difficult in politics. Always, I think that's why Hilo shines. Yep. Right? It's because he is authentic in in inauthentic moments often i want to ask and i don't like often posing hypotheticals because i think that they're they can be like a waste of time especially if we're evaluating like the context of the text but given this situation i'm curious whatever how everyone thinks lawn would have reacted like what would lawn have done in this situation doesn't like if, tell it, us? if it had spilled into war without his assassination say shay died you know, say the exact same circumstances effectively, like just just pitch it. He is in the same room doing the same mediation for the same kind of thing. I think Call he'd Sen still be trying to backpedal out of full blown war. Sure. I agree. With I you, think yeah. he'd be doing what he could even maybe futilely to like stop this from being an actual war. Yeah, he's not a wartime pillar. He would get outmaneuvered. And swallowed, but he would play along with this entire game. He would try yeah, his best. Yeah, he'd go all five days, and he would try his best to do it honorably and do the right thing and please everyone. But that's impossible. And but who knows? Like if Shay or if Hilo, if the assassination of Hilo went through, it like even the attempt changed Lon, and he was starting to change. So maybe if if someone actually had died, he would have been like. Fuck this. Yeah. They're stealing from us. They're selling shine behind everyone's backs. Like, you know, who knows? Maybe he would have... He would have played the plan. Played like, the plan like Shay wanted to. Like Shay wanted to. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not... It never would have... It wouldn't have worked fully, but it would probably buy them more time. And I just think ultimately he's going to get... He's going to lose still. He's going to get outmaneuvered, but... And he's going to die, but... He's going to die and lose and get outmaneuvered honorably and never do anything wrong in that situation, but he is going to get beat. He's going to lose despite that. Yeah, right? exactly. Or like because of that yeah, to some degree. Exactly. Right? Cool. Just curious. More of a curiosity. Thomas, did you have an answer? I didn't mean to, you know. No, I just, I don't. I don't know what circumstances would have led to this. I think if Hilo died, they lose the I war pretty immediately. I agree with you. And if Shay was killed, I think they also lose the war pretty immediately because Hilo would have gone right to Dot Ash's headquarters and gotten 
everybody had no peach and himself killed in that opening battle it's and that's why like metaphoricals like this i often don't play with but it's it's a curiosity especially when it comes to the politics and how yeah. like the i think i mean he obviously would have played it better yeah. politically but i think he just would have gotten outworked on the streets and like come back from winning the political war to find that his house was burned to the ground like something i like think that. we all agree that lon loses ultimately here versus hilo stands a chance to some degree <laughs> At this point, it doesn't. Like, he's not necessarily in negotiations, but in the whole thing. Doesn't look good for no peak. No, right. Totally agree. I'm just thinking of Ned Stark again. (laughs) He fought honorably. You drew that comparison immediately. I was like, you're going to be so upset. (laughs) (laughs) Can't be honorable in these books. That's why there isn't a single honorable character in the first law. Don't make it long. Cool. Chapter 46, Honest Talk. Hilo and Shay pay a visit to Sun Tomorrow, discussing the ongoing mediation of the clans and the economic impact of their war, as well as contemplating the dangers of a single clan, namely the Mountain, ruling John Loon, and in turn, Kacon. After, we turn to the mediation session with Ite and the Mountain clan that Hilo dominates, unwilling to sit through couched barbs, calling her a jade thief, and presenting proof and evidence as such. Hell yeah, brother. Comparatively, yeah, this is this is the come-up chapter, right? As a pair of chapters, this is the one where Hilo shines through. And I just love this idea of honest talk because it embodies who Hilo is as a person. And it it's sort of the way that like Hilo immediately intuits this sort of honesty while thinking about Stone, but doesn't want to do it right away because he has this this precedent of decorum that he feels like he needs to uphold. Then finally, that starts to degrade and grade on him over the chapter until he erupts at the end. What'd you guys think? Loved it. Loved it. I I don't speak bullshit either, Hilo. Yeah, I was kind of on Shay's side with with it though. Like this is this is something to be played when everybody knows it's like on on our side knows it's going to be played. And it, it'd be one thing if he like played the audio recording. But to just like put it out there and say like, yeah, we got proof didn't like it, it felt preemptive. It felt reactionary. And I'm I'm kind of in Shay's camp of we had two days to like keep them guessing. And now they've got another couple days to like react to it. But I think to so. start off, we're talking about the song tomorrow, how he was like, hey, dude. Yeah. Sit your ass down. I'm the pillar now. Either you're with me or you're dead, basically. And Hilo talks about how, like, he's he's sitting through Sun Tomorrow's speech or whatever, and he's thinking, like, I'm the one who knows how to get everyone behind me. And it's not by placating like this, like, and being fake. So mm-hmm. I think the way he enmity, I think, is the word that she uses. It's not yeah. about sustaining enmity; it's about pushing. I think I think the way that Hilo puts Stone Tomorrow in place is exactly what was needed because this guy didn't think much of Hilo, didn't respect him at the funeral, and Hilo's like, "Either you respect me and you get on my side, or here's what's going to happen: we're all going to die, and so are you." <laughs> yeah, that was really great. Okay. Yeah, I like this was the first time where I was like, oh, I think maybe Hilo can do this. 
like I think he just needs to lean into himself and like who he is and if he embraces that aspect of it and yeah he's not the typical pillar but he's got different qualities that are still positives and using them to his advantage like like people cannot talk as candidly and as authentically as he does and he has a good handle for the situation always he's a good reader of people and using that to his advantage that that made me feel like hey if he kind of leans into this aspect of himself like maybe he can be the leader that he needs to be for the clan and then he's got a he's obviously got to still listen to Shay and yeah and that's what I was going to say her expertise PJ is I think this chapter's the way we talk about it is in two parts. So the first part is the Son Tomorrow stuff where he like wins that one. And then I think it's to be seen whether or not throwing the tape recorder on the table works in our favor or not. Cause I, you know, I also think like Shay needs to understand that she's not working with Lon and that Hilo is going to do stuff like this. So like trying to find ways where they fit together and and come to an agreement beforehand maybe yeah and i think i can understand why she would be upset obviously they had a plan and he kind of blew it up but it's not like yeah i'd say i'd argue having a plan means they came to an agreement beforehand yeah but it was her plan fair but he just kind of walked in blind and and it's her plan like putting him in a box it's very fire brandy yeah yeah where he's not like you're not using helo to the best of his ability at that point. You're not, you're like trying to force, you know, a square peg into a circle. Yeah. Force him to be a politician. So like finding ways that they can fit together, I think is, is the way to go. So I, I, I really, this is the way I really enjoyed this. And I, and I loved Hilo in this chapter. I thought he was, he was masterful, even, even though he blew up the meeting and, but it was kind of like, all right, but it was like a good, really good we mic drop. We all know drop. what's going yeah. on here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jade Thief. See you next Tuesday, Jade Thief. <laughs> wow. Oh, we've got so much to talk <laughs> about there. Yeah. Love that, though. thought that you all raised excellent points and that here's the thing with Hilo, right? He's not this prim and proper politician. So by forcing him into that box, you're making him utterly ineffective in the real world of right. politics. You got to let him strut. You got to let him do his... Thing and put his own stamp on the situation to have any chance of surviving. 100% agree. Yeah. To to PJ's point, I, I agree with you that it's like there's this predetermined thing, but at the same time, he's ceding control when he knows how he's most effective and he's not quite used to that yet. At the same degree, like the, this is, it's only been a couple of weeks that like this is a month or two, I should say, but like it's, it hasn't been that long that this has been going on in this entire conflict. And so there's a lot of uncomfortability there and he's still not ready to fully trust Shay's advice, which I think also makes sense for him as a character because Shay and there's this fun distinction that happens throughout this chapter, too, where there is Shay and there's the weatherman and it's used very strategically by Fonda to lean on these different moments of like, this is my sister. This is the person that I think best represents the clan as an information like guy like is supporting me immediately and that's such an interesting thing to focus in on and pay attention to is when he calls attention to the fact that shay is the weatherman as opposed to being shay oh um, i didn't notice that that's cool yeah 
Oh, it's so good. It's so casual a couple of times. It comes up first in the uh, Son Tomorrow bit where she spouts off a bunch of facts about the, I think it's the 25 people that are responsible for basically most of the business and then all the other weathermen are responsible for a very tiny portion. Oh, yeah. He tries to be like, that, there's for thousands of yeah. people. And she's like, well, there's 25. Yeah, and she like statistically rattles it off, and he cites in that moment as said the weatherman, and that's just such a like nice touch on it. And then it comes up again later in the in the courtroom. There are just a couple of those moments that just feed so brilliantly. But I think to your point, PJ, it's it's a lack of trust or like a lack of a not trust necessarily, but their relationship has been shattered over the course of, according to Hilo, at the very least, over the last two and a half years. Of her being gone and so there's a lot to make up for there and i think she's well, gonna be. It, it is to be seen whether or not he totally fucked it up or not <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 that doesn't mean that he didn't fuck up the agreement that they had going into this though because we even heard that last week where it's like on the fifth day or on the in 45 on the fifth day we're gonna drop the truth bomb right we'll have all the evidence but i um, do empathize he definitely messed that up i empathize with hilo because fonda does a great job of seeing how these great fingers that he has are all dying while he's sitting in this meeting mm-hmm. and he just feels powerless. And he, you know, he finally is like standing up for yeah. himself. That's a good call. That's why he has that moment of rage, which totally makes sense. You jade thief. Um, and everyone's yeah. <gasps> clutch their <Yeah>. pearls. <laughs> yeah. Fucking yeah. There's the, there's ites calm temperance throughout the entire thing. And Hilo's honest talk. And this is the moment for me in the original book that it sold me on loving Hilo. For me, it's also worth pointing out, my dad has been reading this book over the last year and a half. My dad is a voracious reader of whom reads 100 to 140 books a year. And he was stuck on this one for a long time trying to like work his way through it. And he hit chapter 44. And that's when he just could not stop, finally. And has become addicted now and through this whole thing. And this was the chapter where he said, I finally got Hilo. I finally understood who he was because I think a lot of this is prologue to understanding the characters and to like giving us a lot of meat to go with in this world. And this is the moments where we start to see people define themselves in, uh, in columns and pillars. I would definitely agree. Like I definitely have, feel like I actually have a handle on Hilo's character now in a way that I did not for especially the first 20 or 30 chapters of the book, which is crazy. Cause you're still interested. Yeah. You're just like, but but who is he? Yeah, really. Hilo the, and Wen, power couple. One of the things <laughs> that stood out to me reading in this format is, is obviously when I was reading this, I breezed through it because it's very good. And so the Hilo factors in way less than I thought he did in the first like half of the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of Shay. It's a lot of Lon. Yeah. Now it's just you know, there's no Lon left. So, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> That was nice when PJ pretended it was a dream for a second. Yeah, right, earlier. There's <laughs> the moment at the table. Yeah, fair point, fair point. There's that moment at the table where, you know, they're they're recounting all these different things. They talk about the divine virtues. They swear under the name of Prince Iom the Third and whatever else, where they finally get to the shouting match that we've been talking about this whole time. And, and not really shouting match because it's mostly Hilo just recanting all of these things and talking about all these details. But he pulls out the evidence and he says, I found two weeds you planted in my garden, thief, and I'm going to find others. And that's just such a wonderfully brutal that entire. I know we talked about this like two or three weeks ago, PJ, but when you were like, 
Fonda tends to like move away from things when like it, she should stick. This entire chapter is just emphasis on sticking with it to the brutal end of making you feel each and every one of those barbs of the speech and like making you live in the shit of of what he wants to make her feel in the moment. Made me it's uncomfortable. So <laughs> Mommy uh, yeah, and Daddy are fighting. <laughs> I will also say I've been only you would think of it as mommy. I've been critical I of mommy. <laughs> the audiobook narrator. Some of his delivery of Hilo's barbs are just very excellent, and that is mm-hmm. one of them. He crushed it. Yeah, this was my favorite chapter for sure. This week, it's like a gunfight, and the other team doesn't know what's coming. But I was like, so I was like adrenaline. I was reading. Then John was asleep on this the couch. This is what you texted me about. You're yeah. like, and then yeah. John like turned on some like YouTube poker video, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm reading!" I was like, "It's I have to focus." <laughs> so I had to go to another room. We only have one TV. Yeah, I thought it was building and building at first to like Hilo just completely like blowing the situation up and like kind of fucking everything up, but then you like. As he starts talking to Sun, he like gains more control over that situation. And then you're like, okay, I think like Hilo's got this maybe. And then he like completely Sun's Sun and then goes into the meeting and just really, you know, flops it out on the table, literally. And uh, man, these references. I'm, I'm, I'm really having fun here. He's really into wrestling. Man, <laughs> <laughs> shit. And, and then you're like, wow. I feel like that was pretty successful when I was really expecting things to go. I south. I would have liked to know, or maybe we get to know in like a reflection from Ike or somebody, but like, do they pick up the tape recorder and all sit there and listen to it? Or does I like also storm out, you know, or like, he knows does, what she did. Does she reach over and crush shit? You didn't need to know what's on the tape. I know, but like, how does that evidence play out? We don't see it. It's true. The closest we get is the moments from Shay later that are like Shay is the proof now. Um, but yeah, we don't we don't get the full on. But that's the whole point. Is like Hilo at the very end of this is like we are not going to meet in this room again. The next time we meet, I'm going to kill you. Oh yeah. yeah. Or I don't know. She's pretty yeah, scary. Right. <laughs> yeah, he says the next time we meet, it won't be in this room and there won't be any mediation. Yep. That's a pretty damning way to say that this war is still going on. Yeah. And like like he <laughs> it's an said an indictment of character too. It was, you know, they knew from the moment I entered the building that the mediation wasn't gonna do anything. Yeah, I mean this was theater to begin with, but what was the like technical goal of this mediation was it to stop, stop the, the war? street war? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Come to an understanding. Yeah, fat chance. <laughs> Council doesn't get it. They're not jaded. You know, they're not built for it. Mm-hmm. They don't know about. No, they honor. should be they jaded, about, but they're uh, not show. jaded. You know, they're not thugged out. Thugged out. Indeed. Damn, y'all calling all right. Thugs. Final. They don't even- they follow a show. What are we talking about? Thugs. They have a strict honor code. <laughs> right. Strictly. Strictly. I show is very strict. He totally knew that Tem Ben was, or sorry. Yeah. Tem Ben 
was legitimately a white rat when he killed him. He for I mean, sure had all the they evidence. They weren't idiots. They obviously made that. that happen. Yeah. It was, I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. Just it was pretty evidence. clear. Right. We know it. Totally. Yep. All not driven by assumptions whatsoever. Cool. <sighs> with that, this chapter ends with the phone call that comes two days later from Retura, where they're going to go meet somewhere neutral and private about assurances. And Retura, speaking on the other end of the phone, is slightly nasal voice lowered, speaking as one weatherman to another call, Jen. We aren't thugs. Choose the time and place. Speaking of and thugs. She chooses the Temple of Divine Return. That's why I did the thugs bit. Thugs. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the she thing, though. The phone, and it's interesting because we did it through the weatherman's point of view here. But like we keep seeing like the two sides do heinous things to each other over and over and then be like, how did these monsters do such a thing? And then do something very similar. <laughs> and then the weathermen are like, cool? We're good? Well, yeah, cool. There is All that, right. But I meant like, <laughs> they're both so indignant about the thuggish, thuggery of the other one. Oh, fair point. Alright. Chapter 47. Heaven is listening. Shay goes to the <laughs> Temple of Divine Return to meet with Mata, who comes with a pitch. Let and assist the mountain in killing Hilo, merge No Pete with the mountain, and take over as weatherman of the combined clans, ruling over Jade and by proxy all of Kaikon, and leading the nation into the brave new era Aitmata has envisioned not only for their island, but for the world. This is just a fascinating chapter. I want to, before we get into the big picture stuff, I want to talk about the Temple of Divine Return and the Penitents a little bit. There's this really cool way that Shay describes the aura of the penitents themselves, and then Mata's aura moving into it. Mm-hmm. Do it. I was hoping it would be a discussion, but I can't. But do you it. said you wanted to discuss. So I, it, I yeah, like discussing. us as a group. <laughs> is this space like <laughs> built with jade? Or does so it just penitents. give off like a spiritual aura? Aren't they like, all I, I, touching like a big glob? Of jade, is that what it are is? Jaded, aren't they? No, they and then the they all let go of it jaded. when they, they leave. They take it on okay. and off. Yeah. Oh, I see. I was picturing them so like they're creating a an aura. Ball. I mean, that's that's kind of fair. I, I think that it's kind of similar. I think that it's very interesting, though, to have an almost physical manifestation of faith in like an aura drug, almost, which is really weird and really unique. I think, which is why I'm really... And then Aitmata's aura just invades the entire space, poisons it. Yeah, it's the red arrow. She's like <laughs> in, spear, in Ferngully. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Good Good callback. Can you tell my age by all my references? <laughs> 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 that was a scary guy, Hexus. He was. But I... Similarly, Thomas, I loved this. I love the exploration. It, it should it should not go unnoticed by the listeners that like my attention is focused on like the philosophical and occasional religion religious explorations of texts. And so, like, I love this idea of a a full ass religion that has monks of whom are wearing something that evokes a semi spiritual or powerful response in people naturally. It you know I'm trying to think of something that's very equivalent. It would be like Arnold Palmer drugged incense or something like that. Okay. Arnold It'll be Palmer. like when I have like, a sip you know, of something Palmer that you'd like is the equivalent. <sighs> okay. So you, you might feel that as a spiritual no, it's like for many people. Mm. Yeah. 
I mean, but that's on a small scale generally. But yeah, something like that. It's but like it's it's just like you can just go into the temple and <laughs> it's like those the snake creatures <laughs> with the shared hallucination. But I I, hate I do like how like <laughs> you see the difference from Shay before and after she has Jade on and how yep. talks about it like blocks out all other senses, which with then you think back to the first chapter with Lon and how restless he was with all the noise when he had his jade on and like thinking of that rest that you could receive as someone who wears a lot of jade, if you would just go to the temple and get kind of like face blasted (laughs) by all this Mm -hmm. jade energy that it would like, you know, clear your mind, which is what you do when you meditate. Mm. Right. Which is like the whole, the whole point and the whole focus of like any kind of meditation like that is like, clear your mind and so this idea of like going through all these ritual practices and this being kind of a group thing too where it's like it's not the equivalent of a Sunday but it kind of seems like even from our early impressions with Carl Sennington and the memories of going to effectively church feels very Sunday massy and so exposing yourself to this stuff you know kind of ritualistically on a day of the week is fascinating I think Mm -hmm. I wonder if anyone gets the itches from attending their religious ceremonies or is addicted to religion, perhaps, because they're in the presence of a jade aura. No. Let me tell you why. I mean, that's just zealots, right? Let me tell you How why. Dare you. Our guy, Andon, in the chapter where he fist fights with Hilo, and he's able to use and sense Hilo's jade, Hilo comments that that's a rare ability for a greenbone, and that usually it's after much training. And it's so, you know, there probably are. But they may not know where it. somebody you is know what like, I mean? hypersensitive. They're in, like contact like, highs. I, yeah, but she, yeah, okay. Shay is not getting like contact high. It's more about like it blots out her senses, her own jade senses. She's right, not like there are so many people there with more that, power. Yeah. If there are mm-hmm. other half Aspenian, half Tetanese with like infamously sensitive, I don't lines, think it's that specific. But I understand. I, think I understand. I understand where you're going. I'm saying for. it's. I'm, I'm saying it's that I'm giving you more credit. I'm saying it is possible. It's not definitely no. Oh, like I, I think said at it's. First. All right, I'll, I'll take that. But no. I think it's more prevalent than you're making it out to be. <laughs> I think it's less prevalent. Can we talk about how scary Aitmat is? Fucking terrifying. I'll yep. allow it. She's like she's a tiny like... little viper. I don't think she's... Is she tiny? She's like almost as tall as Andin, right? So she's like just a regular viper. She's un- unimposing, though. Yeah. Like she doesn't have a grand stature to her. Until she rolls up her sleeves and you're like, ha! Ah. <laughs> your bracelets she just seems incredibly powerful like she has no problem just like revealing their entire plan and telling her what they're gonna do because it's just like yeah you can join us or you can die that's it <laughs> and I'm not yeah. afraid of you one way or the other her so. being so open <laughs> and I assume I don't think she's lying it's like no I did not get that sense at all that's it's like more scary yeah that she's not withholding well said mm-hmm. what do we think about her comments on the weaknesses of her adopted father or the weakness of her adopted father she seems kind of like full of herself and like she thinks she is the only person who can do any job <laughs> <So>. <laughs> she just seems like very 
not attached to like the traditional viewpoints i feel like like and i mean think about like she was like she had no family she's adopted like she has no like sentimental ties to the family members that she killed they weren't like real family members in her eyes she's like progressively evil and her adopted father you know she the reason she was adopted was to be used and like placed as a person who would inherit power basically like she she never had a choice in her path so now she's making the best of it by killing everybody and just being the most powerful there's an interesting Dunning-Kruger thing, I think, going on here, which is, like, that she believes that she's so competent, but at the same time, she is. Like, she she defies the Dunning-Kruger effect in, in an interesting way that I that I find fascinating, which is this perception, for those who don't know, it's, it's this perception of, like, I am this smart. And often when people think that they are that smart, they actually have, like, a gap of knowledge on whatever they're, they think that they're good at or whatever. But she is so far past that point that she's surpassed that and enters into the other range of Dunning-Kruger, which is that genius side of things where she genuinely is and can exceed her own scope of her capabilities. It's called the Bloom Range, but I'm getting a little bit too, you know, philosophical. Yeah, no peak is fucked. Do we believe that to be the case? She has these, like, sort of grand plans for world domination, it seems like. And as she is also quick to point out, hey, John. You know, not a huge population, small island. She wants to get the world hooked on Jade and then, like, restrict and control it. Seems kind of like a recipe for disaster. Yeah, she, I'm not she sure. She overplaying her hand. It reminds me of Barrow, <laughs> but with actual, like, reach and intelligence. I'm not sure the plan. Like she, she is, if Barrow was in a position to actually do something. <laughs> I don't know. Barrow's a fucking idiot. I don't see that. That's no, fair. I would say she's. I, <laughs> she's. Just, she seems. Ex- she seems extremely comp- competent. But let's just like, like I agree. I'm not sure the plan for like world domination is like the way <laughs> to go. She needs minions. Things. Yeah, <laughs> just like a plan to get jumped. <laughs> right. Like I. I don't think that will go the way that she wants. But I think she'll make it a long way before that falls apart and make yeah. a ton of money and along the way and have extreme power for a period of time, but it'll probably crumble. Yeah. I mean, governments aren't good at adapting to things that she could quite possibly pull it off in her lifetime and then have it crumble after she dies. And she's just more ambitious than any other clan leader has been before, partly because with like Carl Sennington, it was all about beating the Shatarians and they were all united against this evil enemy. But w- while at peace, Aitmada has been able to come up with her own grand plans of glory and how to like be the best clan leader and become the one and only clan. You know, right? Like, there's no, there's nobody in No Peak that's like trying to like dominate the r- world jade trade you know and like right. make a ton of money and stuff like no lawn would have been happy keeping yeah chill. status quo like she's like i said she's very progressive it's just that she's just like 
evil at the same time. So and power hungry and, and extremely power hungry, yeah. ambitious and and so you get that weird witch's brew mixture together and then you've got this. Oh, next week we need an Ipe <laughs> Motto Witch's Brew. There you go. There's also an interesting bit. <laughs> Definitely where, have like, an Ipe cocktail soon. There's also an interesting bit where the difference between Mata and the current generation of calls, it's like it skipped a generation. And not only that, like Mata's raised by her father, who was, I think, like 12 ish years younger than Tall Sen. And so there's like a little age difference there. And then. Our tall friends, they're raised by their old tyrant grandfather. So it's like, there's not that generation of no Pete who had the, like, what would it be, Gen X equivalent, where they, like, were raised under the boomers and saw, like, here are the weird issues going on. We can change. They just saw, they have a very, like, different worldview, and there was no opportunity to make that kind of change that would incorporate both worlds. Mm -hmm. I like that. That's a good point. There's so much here that I really enjoy, but I, I do want to highlight again, of course, no one should be shocked, but the religious overtones of this chapter that they're basically holding this sort of clandestine meeting among in, in a church. And it gives me just this, this, these massive Godfather vibes, this sort of like we're untouchable right now. We're not going to kill each other other under like this house of, of rule, but I don't care. And I'm going to tell you how it is. That's just, I have a question for big, you. big, let's meet in the Italian restaurant. What's up? That is a good, like the overall, I did it. I, this is just like literally a, a real question. Can it be an overtone if it's just like explicit? I think so. Okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with it being, you know, I, you're definitely understand. I think it's still an overtone. Okay. There's more and of that's a why definition I think question. An overtone. Yeah. 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 I, I think an overtone is something that is nigh explicit. Like it's, I would almost say it's a synonym. It's right there. You just, if you don't know, if you don't know what the Godfather is, do you understand what any of that is? You don't. So it's an overtone that's evocative of that idea. If you hadn't read another piece or seen another piece of gangster literature and this was your first experience, well, yeah, you wouldn't okay. understand so that. So the gangster but because you understand the trope, but the yeah. religiosity is explicit. Right. I see. Oh, the religiosity for sure, but it's it's the combination of the two. The safety in religion is something that is not explicit to, but has been founded in gangster tropes. Bug life. Bug life. It's a big like daredevil theme. For it's instance. also a big theme uh, consistently of real world Greece. Back in the day, you know, Alexander the Great might die. What would he say? People in the temples. They get aimed to see if they can make their way in. So there'd be like these crowds trying to force away into the temples. Everyone outside, dead. Knowledge. Lines lines were no good back in back in Greece. Nope. <laughs> lines checked in online before. Yeah. <laughs> checked in. Uh, the, uh, checked Disney in on Facebook. Pass. I was there. <laughs> fast pass. Yeah. 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 Love it. Chapter 48. Reading the Clouds. Doru has been set free by Kalsen through the gift of Jade to find Hilo and Shay's wishes in the interests of the No Peak clan. Together, they talk about their economic failings and the time remaining on the clock before they run out of gas in their war. To end the chapter, Hilo contemplates the call's potential legacy. All I have to start it off with is fucking Doru at it again. You know, like... Also, this is the most old man shit I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> What's he doing? 
I freaking hate old man. This is all old I'm men. curious <laughs> how <laughs> much Colson knows here. I feel like they know everything. Mm. Your time has passed, old man. <laughs> That's all I have to say about Colson. Done with him. Yeah. Do yeah. you think he so, knows PJ, you what think he's Doro's playing a political game? You both kind of asked the same question. I don't question. think so. Yeah. <laughs> My read. No, he's just being a friggin' nuisance and just I don't being think like Call a, I told you so type guy. I don't think Call knew, Call Sen knew that Doru was like selling No Peak out to the mountain. Obviously not. But I think that Call Sen thinks Doru is more competent and trustworthy than his grandchildren. Mm-hmm. So I think Doru could have said anything. Like, your grandchildren are holding me hostage and the cl- they're imploding the clan and Coulson would have been like, take my belt. His, yeah. His jade belt. I, I was, for that reason, I was surprised that Hilo didn't bring anything up to him and like explain because he says you don't know what you've done, but he doesn't explain what he's done. <laughs> you know? I feel like that's kind of shout to me. It's it's not old man cl- shouting at clouds. It's young men shouting at old man shouting at clouds, right? Like it is this guy of whom can't convince his grandfather of anything because all he does is he keeps looking up to the sky, shouting for whatever, grasping at whatever legacy he can try to, and he doesn't know what he's done because he can't look down. He can't look at what's actually going on around him. Yeah, but nobody's so. telling him what's going on around him. Like, a lot of this mis- miscommunication you know, would be fixed Lon, by just saying, Lon hey, was. Doru's been tra- like a traitor to the to the clan. Would he like, believe just that? Would he, believe that though? he wouldn't believe it. He wouldn't believe it, eh? But, like, Lon was also doing that or trying to do some semblance of that. And Hilo didn't have a relationship with him to begin with. There's also mm. the whole point of Doru being allowed to live and hang out with Kalsen is to bring Kalsen back to life, right? And so if you're like, hey, we're going to let this guy play chess with you, but he is confirmed an asshole who got Lon killed, essentially. Like, I don't know if that's going to be serving its function. Right, yeah. Because, like, Hilo does not give a fuck about this guy. He's doing this but to Kalsen- say also isn't told that he's told that he's experiencing or exhibiting like early stages of jade overexposure right. and that's why he's jadeless like he's entirely in the dark about anything that's happening politically with doru yeah but i think that's by design because the point is like if you tell him hey your best friend betrayed the clan that's not going to help bring him back to life like what she wants no but at this point when doru's oh, gone right, and right, right. has Killed two people or like right. incapacitated two fingers. Killed one. I think they just they're killed one guy. Hilo's just like whatever. Like you got my guys killed. I don't care. I think he's just. It's not rational. It's just. I think Hilo's like, oh my god, we're fucked. What are we gonna do? Also, I mean, it was a bad decision to leave Doro alive, and they're just they're just like they both knew that, and. They did it anyway because they wanted to keep Carlson comfortable, and now they're like both just mad about that. You know? Can we give Doro a little credit for somehow without Jade? <laughs> he did have Jade. That's the whole point. Yeah. He got the Jade. He got the Jade. I also, yeah. I also had that brief flash, and then I reread it again, and then I was like, wait, wait, wait. He, he is was still not like an old dude, and these are two yeah. young fingers. I think they said he's very Those powerful. fingers were also like Jadeless. 
so they Jadeless couldn't babies. get their jade stolen from them. Yeah. Right. Jadeless babies. Yeah. Yep. So every act of mercy in this book has been punished. So Madness like, look out for that in the future. <laughs> no more mercy. For everybody. Now that we're at war, definitely not. Hmm. I I agree with PJ though. It's like like when can we be like, hey, like in hindsight, it should be like, hey, we killed Doru because he did this, 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 and this. I Sorry, just, old man. Your best friend is a fucking traitor. You're just never going to believe that. That's just what happened, though. And if Shay told him, he likes Shay. I think that reality is like dying sad, right? Because they believe that he's going to die soon. Yeah. And so they didn't want him to die alone sad they wanted to like have something to remember or grasp on or whatever that means for them in the afterlife and that's the only reason that it makes any sense to keep Doru alive which I agree with Shay in that respect I disagree on every other level because Doru is a fuck and Kalsen is a fuck and we know these things they're they're warriors at heart Find we, out we made this in Helos chapters that Kalsen was like beating the shit out of him a lot yeah mm-hmm. yeah he was he never he beat was, Shay yeah he, he rarely beat Lon and <laughs> he beat Tilo just all the fucking time. This fucking guy. Mm-hmm. Let's just kill him. This freaking old man. Take his jade. Well, they do, but not. He still <laughs> got some gems on his belt. He went like this. This is all you've left yeah, me with. It. This feel pieces of jade. He does. He very much. He's evocative of that. There's the quote here too at the end of this where Hilo stands a few feet because he just wants to beat the shit out of his granddad, but he stops in that moment because he's not going to return that same sort of violence and injustice upon his his grandfather. He says, "No one in this family could be pillar after you, could they, granddad? Not Lon, certainly not me. No one but the great torch of Kcon. You dragged at and questioned Lon's every step, and you laugh to see Ite's daughter claim the jade off my body." Stay in this room then until you die. I agree. <laughs> so mad at him. Yeah. Fuck that guy. New generation. Much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not with the old, in with the new, as it were. Oh. And yet he still decides that he's gonna take care of them. There's this whole call the doctor, it's the same doctor that treated one. He goes outside, he lights lights one of his last remaining spending brand cigarettes because he can't get them in because of the upsurge in crime and the not being able to import as many goods. What do we make of the post of this and, and this sort of reflection on being soft-hearted and sort of the stupidity of the decision as he reflects on what he should do in the future? What do you what do you think? He, how do you think Hilo will react going forward to similar things? Do you think he's going to batten down the hatches and be less kind? What do you what do you think? I think he should be. Should and will are two any different history has shown like what he should be doing. He should be ruling with more of an iron fist. Should he and Lon should have both been doing that. Who gives a shit about kids? Kill the kids. Kill the old people. Like we can't take pity on these people that normally deserve pity. Damn PJ. PJ, are you running for the Republican twenty twenty four ticket? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> this is my announcement that I'm running. I'm having trouble remembering what is it that Shay tries to talk about and he's like not now 
And then he's ready right. to at the end. He's like, okay, now I'm ready. Talk about like where if they lose, basically. Yes, yes. So there's a whole conversation about legacy that happens there at the end. I don't want to save for just a second because there is a conversation that kind of happens in the middle here, which is about the sort of economic impact of like what's going on in the position that the clan finds themselves in, right? Like we've we've lost out on all of these. Obviously, no one's buying real estate, so they've lost out on a big chunk of their business. Retail is up because people are buying things because they think that they have to survive. But that's better. Um, but for other the parts of the business are hurting. Yeah. Better for the mountain because they've got external money supplies. So we have to try to figure out a way around that or to like work around. In the middle there, she brings up kind of a, a point about we have to be thinking about what happens after us. And that's where this conversation about legacy comes in. Mm-hmm. And this idea that the two of them really are the last of the calls. Technically, there are a couple of cousins on either side that they can look at. There's Andon, of whom is the closest, but not actually blood and would not be looked at as a blood relative because of the Espenian heritage. And that just makes it all that much more of a desperate clinging to power for them as they stare at themselves as the last of this legendary bloodline. Bleak. Doesn't look good for no peak. Not right now. I mod is childless as well and also didn't really... From you know what gives me Ike hope? doesn't technically have like the claim. She's an adopted, right. you know. Hey, let's so adopt. She's not necessarily a bloodline. Some new kids, Shay. There we go. Let's adopt Barrow, you know. Hilo and Wen. It's like pull <laughs> no, him we right need into the kids family. That have been through the academy. Barrow's please. a kid. Moot's a kid. Do we know um, Ike's like <laughs> actual parentage? I don't think so. I think we get some like loose parentage before, but I don't remember. I use is there villages. any chance? Well, we know. I think she's related to Barrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there's a chance she's related to Aiden. Aiden, mm. Matthew, Aiden? Ernie? Jesus, Aiden. You've said Aiden two times, but we because I know you. an Aiden. I don't know an Aiden. That'd be interesting. I think she's related to Andon because she was so interested in him and knew all about his family. If she's related well, to anyone, what I actually think is she's not. His family was famous. Infamous, I would say. Fair. Cursed, some would say. Scholars have argued. But she personally knew his parents as well. But she yeah. says when they meet. Anyways, back to the calls the last of the calls. Here's what it doesn't look do. like they're going to be able to procreate before they die. We got two more books. <laughs> Bring Gerald back. <laughs> <laughs> the return of the Gerald. <laughs> Jade City 2. <laughs> Why does it have to be Gerald? Because he's hot? I don't know. Anyone else? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it's Hummy Tumashan doing, you know? <laughs> yeah. like, old, I think, right? Yeah, not that old. Not that but older. Older. Yep. He's busy. Um, He's master Luckbrenner, you know? He can't be. He doesn't have any time. Do you think right. we're going to get a love story out of Basically this? Basically a lawyer. Wish Not this book. No, I mean, not in this rest of the series. Mm. Maybe with I. Oh, wow. Enche okay. or just I. I. Marasha. Madashi. Madashi, yeah. And Shay, they that there was some tension in the I felt it a little bit, yeah. The house of the no There was divine. tension. I don't know if it was I don't know if it was sexual tension. I think it's just 
I can't not have tension in a room with people. Maybe. (laughs) They're also at war with each other. Maybe. Yeah, right, right, right. But also, (laughs) maybe I mod is like that tip-top lesbian lumberjack where everyone, it's just like, (laughs) yep. So maybe Mata has that uh, same effect. She's like the star on lesbian TikTok. (laughs) Have you been on lesbian TikTok? Not lately. <laughs> I did it third hand on Not Instagram recently. several weeks later, like a grown up. Thank you. Oh, I know, me too. I, I'm like two weeks behind whatever the TikTok trend is because it shows up in Reels. <laughs> it's okay. They're about adulting. to remove care. it from my phone. So. I, I got myself off yeah. that. You know, I untapped and I. It was hard, but I did it. It's fine. I don't have an addiction. I went viral on TikTok. I created an account and then I left <laughs> to like like it and then I left. And you were like, mic drop. I never got on yep. TikTok. Yep. I did get into Reels for a long time, but then I just refused to like give in to my algorithm and like start watching new videos. And so then it just feeds me the same videos constantly. Yeah. And then I got tired of watching it. And That's then I was I'm like, at. I'm out. All I watch is Zeph barbecue videos all the time. <laughs> yeah. That's all I get. In my stories, in my reels, I still that's it. need Zeph to try some Zeph barbecue. You just have to go to California or and, uh, go to LA. You can also ship food. Alternatively, we could uh, ship Zeph to us in, in the middle of the com- country and then make it happen. We'll drive so, there. Yeah, we'll see. Mine is we'll all whales. Fuck you. We both have to figure it out. My for you page all orca whales. I had to, it. so it's just all <laughs> orca whale videos. Oh, content. mine's mostly on- farm yeah. farm animals. Farm animals, huh? Like fifty percent of what I watch is farm animals. Nice, but <laughs> back to the city where the jade is on. Thank Cross. you. Take yes, us home to the that jade, break of dawn. That jade city. The the final bit here that I have about this chapter, it's not that long. Is I just want to get any comments that you guys had on the like economic outlook of the gang, mm. the clan, as it were. Seems Did you guys bad. think anything <laughs> of the readout? <laughs> Yeah, no peak is fucked. That's all I got out of this group of chapters. It just seems like they're really... In the small clans. This also brings up the smaller clans, too. Yeah. I thought this was... A... I'm hoping that Make Wen is going to bring it home for our clan. Make yeah. Wen? Make, make a win. I was gonna... That's what I was gonna say. I was like, I feel like this that was a good setup for the next chapter that's coming, where we're like, we need some money. Okay. And then we have a plot. And here we go. Here's, yeah. the, here's how we get it. That's like, in my, like, Fonda Lee just will do, like, here's a thing, here's a concept, here's an idea, boom, let's fucking go. And it's just, yeah, we're ready, right into the next. And then there's also the little teases that it's like, I'll plant a seed here, we'll harvest it down the road. It's just like a nice little combination, a little one, two, three. I would agree. Beautiful in that way. She she holds a lot of Chekhov's guns, but she always makes sure that you forget about the dagger in her in her boot that's going to come out later so mm-hmm. you're expecting a concealed derringer but it's a concealed howitzer <laughs> <laughs> a niche gun joke that i loved <laughs> and no one else got Pa-pow! i got it I like we all got it <laughs> well i don't know i feel like that <laughs> ben and aaron pretty... like just <laughs> i laughed i was ben just waiting for another <laughs> someone else to do the same analogy but in a fourth way <laughs> that's what we need maybe i didn't laugh because <laughs> i didn't think it was funny no, I didn't. It could be oh, not that's funny. That's it's very like true. a concealed pea shooter and a cannon. And a bazooka. And a bazooka. Yeah. I kind of, I inferred the meaning of the joke without knowing. Also, Thomas, we have a 
conceptual problem in the show where we do bits four times, make the same joke four times. I know I was encouraging like to beat the horse oh, until it. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Okay, just clear, just so it's clear. You know. It's a bit over explaining. It's a bit. Oh, a bit. <laughs> do I need to explain my joke from earlier? Do I need to go back to? Please don't. <laughs> I'm not going to. <laughs> All right, guys, let's be serious. Let's let's really get. All right, Jack, are we serious? Tighten down the hatches. We're on 49, I think. Batten, we got one left. Batten down. You do bat- button down the hatches. <laughs> little button down the hatches. Chapter 49. Overture to Adamant Capita. Make Wen makes a trip to the Espanian embassy on Yuman Island on behalf of Shay. She delivers to them a significant amount of jade. Sorry, pick up. She delivers to the Espanian government a significant amount of jade and opens negotiations between No Peach and the Espanians. So first and foremost, before we get into the serious stuff here, let me just say, very happy for all of us Americans here, <laughs> all the Americans out there listening. We have beat the Espanian allegations. The audiobook narrator, he gives them a sort of Lawrence of Arabia type British accent. So just like a truly epic win for us, truly blessed and thankful for all of us that we have beat the allegations. I mean, this is an assembly or this is a an embassy though, right? Like it's not necessarily Espanians that are working at the embassy. It could the be natives. Military. Yeah, good point. Okay. Yep. I'm just, I'm just trying to keep the doors open as much as possible. I'm just trying to be allegations when I can. If I'm wrong, you know, I'll be wrong. Even though I read it, but you know, I could be wrong. I don't remember so everything. So the Espanians are dirty British is what you're saying. Yeah. Do, do I bring in the meta commentary that Fondalese said about the Espanians at this point? Do we do, we do that? Yes. I don't remember it. Yeah, I don't know. I think I might I might hold until the next book. I'm going to I'm going to let your let your assumptions fly. Poop. Poop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, you gotta wrap this one. We're tired. I shit myself right there. But sleepy TM. Make when she's a little Tom Cruise. She's a little Mission Impossible. Mm, really? All she needed was a mask with a different face. Or like a rope that stops right before you hit the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, insert the theme there. Come on, you can do it. You'll get it. After the theme has been inserted, let me say I would review it as good. (laughs) And thus, this is fair use. (laughs) (laughs) Also, parody, I think. (laughs) It's definitely parody. Legal on that. Seven out of 10. We know a couple things. Here's one of them Shay has clearly taken Wen up on her offer, right? Seems like Wen is a white rat at this point. And this seems like a pretty serious mission. As PJ, I think, earlier alluded to, this is the first time we know of, of sort of, I'm trying to think how to phrase this, like sustained, like, yeah, like getting the foreign geopolitical stuff going on. Although the mountain has been dabbling with it. We don't know its exact makeup. That seems like above board, not the stone ice. Yeah. Right. This seems like the first time no peak has dabbled in this at all, obviously. Yeah. Thank you. That's and Shay's obviously going against Hilo by doing this. So I sent some drama in our future. Yeah, that was I was worried about that too. It was like this inner family turmoil. This is eventually going to be a problem, but hopefully by that point, you know, make wins made 
made a bunch of hay, you know, and like shown off how good she is. And by the time that Hilo figures out what's going on, maybe they can be like, but look at this. <laughs> You know, all this money. Well, that'll only work <laughs> if Make Wind doesn't <laughs> if Make Wind doesn't get murdered. Yeah, that's true. I I hope she does not. That's that's one thing that I actually forgot to bring up last chapter was the, the weatherman reads the clouds, right? And that was sort of the excuse for the the information that Shay had kind of illicitly in the moment with Hilo. And I and this feels like another moment where Shay could lean on that phrase, that phraseology of like I'm playing many cards. It's better if you don't know what's going on, which just that also like tangential, like the card I'm playing is not only your closest confidant, but it's your fiance. Your yeah, just brutal. The sister, of the horn sister, of the pillarman yeah. <laughs> or no, not, not pillarman. Yeah. yeah he's but the pillarman. The horn yeah. And no, like, yeah. The new yeah, pillarman. Horn and he's pillarman. The pillarman. You're right. Yep. Yep. yep, yep, yep. Okay. That makes our horn and pillarman. Yep. The new yeah. pillarman. New and right. improved. Not the wound pillarman. Yeah. But. Oh, speaking of wound, there was another sentence where I was like, I don't like it. First of all, when it's like, he can do no wrong. That's not what yeah. we're good at mathematics. Like, what do we. Fonda keeps dropping in little breadcrumbs like, he's amazing. Wound. Never messes up. What which can't means this man do? He's he's a double agent. No, we'll see. I'm with sure. you. Thank you. Oh, I got one. He was with you last week. Okay, thanks, PJ. Cool. I don't feel like I need to even you know defend my man wound against these baseless allegations. <laughs> <laughs> mm, and, and we love that about you, Ben. <laughs> We love that you don't have to show up to the plate. You can just let the let the ball fly. Speaking of inner family so we turmoil, uh PJL I just wanted to get off my line reading. Yeah, we know Hilo is super emotional and not necessarily the most like logical, level headed person. But we also know that like he smiles at that comment that Cross brought up about the weatherman reading the clouds. There are there's going to be a huge sort of double standard glaringly when he finds out what make one's been doing in this capacity. Like he's not going to go for it, even though he's like totally on board with shade doing her own thing and like having her own means of information gathering. This isn't going to be cool with him. Yep. I agree. I am hoping for different, but you're probably right. I feel like I, I'm hoping for different. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like you're wrong to hope but he's gonna be like how dare he's... you disobey me woman I feel like he's like <laughs> <laughs> he's reasonable enough that if they can show the positive benefits and that but she's he's gonna be like you that, can't do it anymore though because I don't right. want you to die and that she's fully capable then maybe he'll be okay with it but yeah, then I, I do agree that he would probably still shut her down regardless. Well, speaking of inner family turmoil, there's an interesting bit in this chapter where Wen mentions that she had always thought of Shay as remote and unfriendly. And I just think it's nice to see, like, obviously this these women had had to have some interaction beyond what we've seen. So it's just like, 
interesting to see like the little inner workings of things. Yeah, this was like to me like that's kind of what I was speaking to earlier on the Shea chapters. Felt like two people who didn't take the time to like get to know each other at all, and for whatever reason, it's just like they just had preconceived notions and stuck to those. And then as they're like learning that the other person is a human being, (laughs) has some layers to them, they're like, "Oh, this person's not too bad, (laughs) not as bad as I thought." It's just like natural judging a book by its cover type stuff. And then when. When has a thought, which I don't think at all about like how Shay could just like leave and like save herself, basically go back to Espania. That was an interesting one. And I'm like, she would never. How dare you think that? Because like she did. Shay, could she? Shay like seems fully invested now and i don't think she could i mean she declined the job got rid of her apartment like she clearly was like jumped in both feet like, i don't we think wanted she will either but more and she put all her jade back on it would suck to take it all off again <laughs> there's a quote that feels relevant to bring up now but it's from a previous chapter of shay's perspective when she first meets with make when saying something along the lines of two women that meet each other and don't immediately forge a friendship are damned to like be irresolvably and like irresolvable enemies. And I, I like, I think that it's less important between Shay and make when and more important between Shay and Aitmata. Interesting. I think that's where that quote is going to be the most important. They're beyond agreement now, especially when it's like you, she calls her like a silly young girl or something. Those aren't the words, but she dismisses her as being young and naive. Mm -hmm. While extending like a truce agreement though, like a, like a side agreement for Shay specifically, like she had the opportunity to, usurp her brother and and join Aitmata as weatherman of the Kacon tribe essentially right but then when Shay refuses she's like you'll you're you'll regret this basically you're a yeah. naive young girl you know and Aitmata sees herself as just willing to like do the necessary thing and she's not worried about honor or the gods. Yeah. So I think, I don't know. It is, it is kind of sexist to be like two powerful women can't exist in the same vicinity. Like what about all these other men? Yeah, it happens with mm-hmm. every, I mean, it happens both ways for sure. Just to, to your point, Aaron, though, it's kind of hard for multiple really important and powerful men to exist in their same spheres in this book as well. (laughs) Like, right. They're consuming each other too. And this thought again came from Shay. It's like, she's having all these like very traditional thoughts that I'm sure have been like ingrained in her. We don't fault her that she, you know, they keep coming up, but I think this was a quote from her mother or something. If I remember correctly. 
the one you mentioned. Yeah. I think it just goes, comes to her unbidden. I have the exact quote up. She thought, two okay. strong-minded women in a man's world, if they do not quickly become allies, are destined to become incurable rivals. And then it's going around Hilo with something, blah, blah, blah. So there's no reference of okay. it coming from anyone else. It does seem like something gotcha. her mom would say, though. Yeah. Our, our friend Ivana mentioned that it was a very mother-in-law type of mindset. Yeah. Can't you just... That's fair. Can't you girls just be nice, nice young ladies? No need for power. <laughs> go go interior decorate. Go interior decorate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that struck me. Yeah. No, I, I totally get it. I... Hmm as far as the interior decoration goes, but also just that quote and sort of the brutality of that, like either we're allies or we'll never be friends is sh- it's completely unfamiliar to me as a person. I, I don't know if that's something I think Fonda is very pointed in her language in that moment, saying that it's kind of reserved for that sort of a relationship. All right. Just cool. back to chapter 49. Unfortunate for the chapter, constantly derailed. So throughout this section and since the war began in general, we see these all these like whisperings of the ge- geopolitical implications of the quote unquote street war going on. And now we finally see them. We see like the Itspenians kind of explicitly say that they were or, you know, think that they were weighing the possibility of getting directly involved in the country. Yeah, they had like plans to take the mines. If or they they're like, to. if they're like, we still will do it if we need to. Right. That was interesting. And I mean, that's information that they're willing to share to somebody that they don't really yet. They don't know at all. Like, imagine what kind of plans they actually have laid out and how detailed they must be in order for that amount of information to be like fine to just say to somebody. I don't think you know? they said it. I don't to think they say it when. to. Yeah. It's just from his perspective, so I think we just kind of see that. Oh, it's in yeah. his perspective. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. I did, I did say gain, say at first, and then... Yeah. They need to gain ground in the British Empire. They need to conquer need the island. Tea. Pay taxes. They just can't There's quit also- these Espenians, though, huh? <laughs> yeah. Dan, thank you. I was going to bring that up. So this is like another <laughs> unique... Thing that only Shay could have pulled off because she has that history with them. She has that code word that they could drop to like let them know, hey, yeah. you can trust us. Like, hey, I used to be a spy for you. Remember how cool that was? By the way, is Gerald there or? I... <laughs> or... <laughs> Did you I give mean... me his phone number or? He break up with me, but is he available? I need a kid. <laughs> he seemed okay. We need an heir. <laughs> also, a very colonizer kind of sentence in this mm-hmm. from our guy dealier i don't know if he is our guy but you know i'm sleepy so i'm willing to dealier. just pour it out i guess throw it around willy-nilly so not our guy <laughs> dealier anti-guy he says the woman's watchful gaze and the white powder on her face made her seem even more coy and aloof than the usual Chinese female very colonial line yeah that felt gross <laughs> coy and aloof Could not- be racist Nothing I despise more than a dude referring to women as females. (laughs) That too. Just (laughs) my my girlfriend watches a lot of dating shows, and there's just a bunch (laughs) of douchebags on there that would just be like these females. (laughs) And I'm just like, it is just 
automatic red flag. Red flag is meaningless. But they're you're so right. They're, they're, <laughs> Don't trust anyone. They're impressed with her big rocks. <laughs> she does. I. She drops them on the table like was, you wanted. I was kind of wondering what the plan was to getting more rocks to Espinia because I can't keep like sending people out with urns. Obviously, so wonder how they're going to set up the smuggling op. Apparently, Espinia can take over the mines. Why don't they just send their drones in and they can fly them out? I don't think we're in drone territory now. Who knows? We don't know what territory we're in. We have fats machines. (laughs) We don't even have cell phones. phones. I'm just saying. Who knows? Maybe they invented drones before cell phones. (laughs) You don't know the order of operations. Hughes would agree with you. Good work. (laughs) And they clearly, if they have the manpower to take over KCON's most valuable thing on the entire well, island. Well, they can try, certainly, but, but are they going to be able to do that? Could, like, I, don't, I don't know about that. Create a trade line. Yeah, I was just wondering how they're going to do it. That's all. I was just curious. Maybe make Wendell figure it out. I hope so. I'm just trying to figure it out. All right. That was really all I had. I feel like this is like it's a, a pretty action oriented chapter, so it's like there's not a lot to parse. Right. No, this this is a very like down scope on on more of the future. Mm-hmm. I guess my final question to cap off this chapter would be: Do you think that we'll see this resolve in this book or next book or in the future? I guess. Which what specifically resolve? The the sort of Espenian relationship via when? I think this book's going to we'll end. see an immediate. Sorry, continue. My apologies, sir. I think this book will end on a cliffhanger and this is probably we probably don't learn much more about the Aspinians. I think we see mobilization. We see the next step. We don't see the actual plan come to fruition or play out. Like we see we see the the initial step that the Aspinians take, but we don't know the re- reason behind it or the overall plan. Okay. I'm going to go a little different route here. I feel like I'm feeling a time jump coming on, like maybe like a month or two down the road, and we've got the Aspinian pipelines to set up, and now we've got some money flowing. And underground Barrow pipelines. Yeah, that's where I'm going with it. Barrow's got his clan. Barrow's got his child gang, all hooked on shine. Those child gangs <laughs> got to give it some time to flourish. You know, make it. Make it happen. Newsies suddenly. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to leave this week. I want to ask for any closing thoughts, but I do think we we've pitched this throughout the episode. So I want to hear from everyone. Who won the week? Give us your sentence on it, on who won and why. I think when. Hilo, make when. I think Hilo won. <laughs> Damn. I figured everybody's gonna say Hilo. I knew you were gonna say make when, so I wanted to go against you. So Hilo from Aaron. I think Hilo won because he he showed a lot of tact in his own way, getting Son tomorrow on his side and then him like, you know, taking ownership of the pillar role finally in his own way. (laughs) Mm, Love that. Love that. Mm -hmm. DJ, why'd you think make one one? Because she's actually like wheeling and dealing and and showing her like strengths and being an asset she's going behind the back of her 
fiance, but she's forging relationships with Shay and with like high ranking military officials of foreign governments. Like she's doing crazy shit for a stone eye (laughs) (laughs) for anybody, but like, especially for somebody who's kind of looked down upon within the culture. I would agree. Make as well. I think losing Toru is a tough one for Hilo. So that was Shay's fault. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of both their fault, but yeah, I like make, make, make when taking control of her just getting involved i love that i was happy for her so she won the week for me thomas who who do you think won the week also when you just stuck out to me pretty starkly compared to everybody else this this week interesting interesting i i definitely don't agree with anyone's takes on any of the things but i think i'm actually a shay stan in the moment for turning against a lot of the prejudices. I think Shay won the week in her own right because I think that she stood against a lot of her internal prejudices and also stood up another woman and like did a lot of work to actively support that while also like admitting to failings and adjusting on the fly to other people's decisions, including Hilo and otherwise. And I think that that Personal is Personal growth. For sure. Yeah. Right. Compared to where she was, it's it's, it's a stretch. You know, she didn't murder her brother. True, and and, you know, previously so bad about have. being prejudiced. So that's a win. A win's a win. <laughs> win, 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 win. We <laughs> love that. We love that. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this week. We don't have any any bets to pay off or anything like that. So next week is our final episode of Jade City, where we'll be reading chapters 50 through the end. If you're listening to this the week that this comes out, we're actually doing this live inside of the Patreon. So if you join the Patreon, you can join us in the Discord and watch the episode live if you want to see the live recording on Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern as our start time. So see you there. We're going to be talking about chapters 50 through the end. So that's where we'll leave you for this week. Thank you, as ever, to our producers, Tim and Andrew, for helping us keep the show going. You can check out links in the show notes where you can find our schedule, our Patreon, our previous episodes, our websites, our social media accounts, all in one very easy, convenient location, even though that's a horrible mouthful of things that are all in one spot. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that horrible mouthful. Words Whiskey Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, Words and Whiskey Show, gmail.com, patreon.com forward slash Words and Whiskey, and our t shirts are presently on T Public. Check out those links. Also, don't forget to rate and review us five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, then I motto will come scare the oh, shit no. out of you. <laughs> <laughs> At your place of worship. <laughs> or just anywhere you think you're comfortable, a dark cloud will descend and she'll make you piss your pants. I, yep. Absolutely. Embarrassing. All right, so how embarrassing with a little bit of menace. So thank you so much for the support. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, I am going to plug my friend's stuff. Oh. You can find Thomas and his podcast oh. Oh, at yeah. High Key Obsessed. I don't know your handles. They're plug also your in the shit. show notes. High Key Obsessed is close <laughs> enough, honestly. It's uh, I think High Key Obsessed podcast on Instagram, and that's all I really use at okay. this point. Sounds good. And uh, we have no other podcast to plug. I'm just kidding. <laughs> ben and Aaron, where can we find your stuff? Pod everywhere. 
that you get your social meds. Anywhere and everywhere. Hallerpod. H-O-W. L-E-R. P-O-G. <laughs> Everything everywhere all at once. 